Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, this week, I'm in Phoenix, live Burtcast with Doug Stanhope. That's the only one I think I've committed. I think maybe Doug Benson will come by. I'm not sure. He We talked about it, but I haven't... I'm really bad at organizing shit, people. Uh, I don't know why I jumped on that date right away. Uh, but I just felt like I wanted people to come out. It's going to be at... Uh, where the fuck's it going to be at? It's going to be at uh, Stand Up Live. My brain's shot. In Phoenix? In Phoenix, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, our flight there, not too bad. I can do that sober. I flew sober this week from uh, Chicago. Didn't like it, a- but I did it. And then got, I had a connecting flight. Connecting flights, man, I just want rewards. I want rewards when I get places. I want chocolate. I want something. I want anything. I just want a reward. McDonald's. McDonald's, yeah. yeah I wanted yeah. a reward, and I didn't get a reward because I didn't give myself a reward because I didn't feel like I earned a reward. And I was with Jesus Trejo, who I got to have on the podcast. He's such a funny fucking guy. Um, but Chicago was great. Thanks, everyone, for coming out. Thanks, everyone, for uh, all the... You know, I have to be honest with you. and um, I, I'm, I'm speaking in grandiose terms. I know my management will hear this, but they were not super thrilled about me being sober, doing Sober October. In effect, wondering if it would kill my touring. Because sometimes, uh, you know, branding gets in front of art and people think, you know, well, it's working. Why fuck with it? You know? Yeah. And they were like, what's this going to mean for your touring? If you're not drinking, will people want to come see you do stand up? The answer is yes, they do. (laughs) I can't believe I fucking ever entertain that concept. But um, five sold out shows in Chicago this weekend. It's a big club, and I've never sold that club out. And my numbers were drastically different than the year before. And uh, everyone great. was more engaged about what I learned from not drinking. They were more interested in what I learned from not drinking than me drinking at all. They'd give two shits if I was drinking. The thing with drinking is, I mean, like, look, I want... If I go see Ron White, I'd love to see him have a scotch in his hand. But for the most part, I just want to drink when I see him. He makes me want to drink. Well, that and Ron White's just funny. Ron White's just so funny, So he doesn't yeah. really need the drink. Same as you. You're Look, just if funny. I get it if it's... And we talk about this a tad bit. If it's Andrew WK and that's his brand is I'm the party hardy... I'm the party... I'm the party hardy guy. He's the party hard guy. I'm party hardy. That's my brand. Party hardy. It's my new joke. You don't know the joke. I do know the joke. Oh, you do? Yes. It's the oh. Ralph Simpson joke. Party Samson. Hardy. Simpson? Uh, Samson. Ralph Simpson. Same thing. Bart's brother. Yeah. Um... That joke came really close to the end, man. I just love these crowds that are coming out. They're so, and it's you guys, it's you guys, but you guys, I feel like it's just, it's it, this, the, the turn comedy's made. I feel bad that Patrice died because he didn't get to see where comedy was going. Do you think he would have been big into podcasting? Oh, yeah. He was, see, he was doing podcasting before <laughs> podcasting was, he was, Opie and Anthony was podcasting before podcasting was podcasting in my opinion original opie anthony by the way i'm not shitting on opie and anthony i'm but i'm about to and i and i love them and i respect them but i, I will say one of them and they'll they have to agree and if they don't agree then i'll never respect them ever again i'll never speak to them ever again in my entire life just really? kidding just kidding just yeah, kidding I was gonna but say. um when they originally got on sirius xm it was such a long format with no commercials that they were forced to do what we do in a podcast and that is awkward silences uh let like not drive the show, not host the show, just hang. And I, I never listened to them before their show, so I'm assuming that there was a part of that in their original show that is the reason they got so big, their Boston show, and then the one where they were doing afternoons on the same network Stern was on. But all I know is that when I first heard Opie and Anthony, man, it changed the way I took in media. I didn't want 
anything packaged nicely. I didn't want, hey guys, we're back. Um, welcome back. We got a crazy lineup in studio. We've got dot, 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 and dot, dot, dot. We're going, hold on, hold on one second. One of our interns just ran in. What's, what's this? What's this? I didn't Auga, want that. Auga, like I didn't that. want that. <laughs> and, and that was, and I'm, I pay, I pay the respects to Opie and Anthony because, and Jim, obviously, but they brought in guys like Patrice who would just hang and Bobby and Bill and Louie who would just hang for fucking four hours. They would hang for four. Patrice would, and, and look, I'll, and I'll say Patrice, I'll gloat on him because, you know, obviously he's one of my idols and, and I, I I just, I ha, I can't tell you, like I knew him before you guys knew him. And that, that sounds silly, but it's like, like it's like a Dave Matthews band thing. Like yeah, everyone's jumping on the Patrice bandwagon now, but I liked him when no one wanted to book him. I liked him when clubs didn't like him. I liked him when he didn't like himself. I liked him when him and Todd Berry would fight about who would panel first. And I was on Patrice's side, knowing full well Todd Berry had a much better career than Patrice. Like I always liked Patrice. I liked Patrice when Patrice didn't like me. And man, hearing him on Opie and Anthony, him just going off on something. I remember him telling Louis C.K. that Louis C.K. was gay because he didn't like black chicks. <laughs> But like that, like you, that would never happen on uh, terrestrial radio. You'd never get no. into that conversation. No, I would Patrice, have loved to have heard that conversation. P- Patrice, see the thing with Patrice is, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but like he was so good at like. I, by the way, I'm apologizing. I'm pontificating about Patrice this morning, but he was so good at. He was so good at silence. <laughs> and so podcast, he was just, he would just, I, I'm bummed that he wouldn't get to see where stand-up's going because stand-up now is more about a dialogue. It's, you gotta be funny. You gotta tell jokes. You gotta have punchlines. You gotta entertain the audience. But at times, audiences these days because of podcasting or through podcasting allow you to somewhat slow it down and take things in a different direction. I do this thing called secret time sometimes on stage where I tell secrets about you, Aunt Leanne, and they fucking kill, but they're not about funny. About me? Yeah, about you. But they're not funny. They're not funny. Well, what are the secrets you tell about me? Oh, I don't want to ruin it for my fans that haven't seen me do secret time. Oh, is that sure why you don't want to say what secrets sometimes, you tell about me? Sometimes when Leanne gets turned on, she looks like Elvis. She goes, oh, good God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but like something like that would never have played in 1997. You couldn't do secret time. You'd, I guess you'd be an alt comic. You'd be doing something that was against the grain. Stand-up has turned into such a, a great medium that uh, that I just love it. I love it so much. I did it sober all weekend this weekend, and I just loved it. I, I will apologize to any of the shows where you watched me meander into material this weekend that I hadn't practiced or I hadn't written, and I just wanted to try to write new stuff. That is the, the, um, the double-edged sword of me being sober. Yeah, my shows are a little better but I do wander into stuff that I haven't explored yet because I am curious and I'm sober and I'm not drunk. Apparently when I drink on stage, and by the way, I've always said I don't drink on stage. After this weekend, I realized I definitely drink on stage. Like I definitely drink on stage. Um, After this weekend, I realized drinking does two things for me. It keeps me on track because I don't want to get lost in things because I'm drinking. And if I do a David Blaine rape joke or if I do a Harvey Weinstein rape joke buzzed, I may go into dark territory and I'll feel guilty because I was drinking and I wasn't well thought out. But when I'm sober, I have no excuse, so I go into those materials and I, and I explore. Ari and I had a fascinating conversation. I'm going to get to the intro of the podcast. I apologize. Ari and I had a fascinating conversation about stay in your lane. We'll talk about this on this podcast at some point with me and Bob and Drew. Um, 
but it's it's really fascinating um and and i think what i'm what what this podcast is allowing me to do is explore lanes that wouldn't always be my lane um i think it's very very easy to put me in a in a box of this is the guy with the crazy family crazy drinking crazy party stories russian mafia oh it's the machine like it's easy to do that and by the way i'm very comfortable in that box i like that box it is who the fuck i am i like talking about my family my wife i like being honest i've always liked sex jokes i've always liked fart jokes shit jokes i like dick jokes i like a pussy joke i like that stuff i like enjoy enjoy laughing at it i always have since i was a kid i love talking about my family i love being a little bit of a family guy but i don't want to be too much of a family guy and i love telling a good story leanne is rolling her neck at this i'm just listening okay um but I love I love all of that, and this podcast allows me to explore it. and And by the way, and I, I say that leading into this podcast because this podcast um, started off talking about sober October, uh, which I thought is where we were going to go this whole podcast, and we started talking about social justice warriors. Something Bob Forster is. Oh, I'm going to let his say his his words about it. But I think the PC culture is driving him nuts. Listen, a guy like Bob Forster is Bob Forrest. Bob For- I thought it was Bob Forster. I think it's Forrest. Is it Bob Forrest? Yeah. You Google that. Yeah, I Google it. Okay, it's Bob Forrest. Sorry, Bob. Um, but a guy like Bob Forrest, he he's a no bullshit guy. We talk about um, people getting passes on this podcast. Like, who gets passes? Really? Yeah, yeah. I think Dave Chappelle's got a pass. Well, a pass in what way? In life, like you get to say whatever the fuck you oh, want. Oh, because so he can be he can be politically incorrect and inappropriate, and he gets a pass. He gets a pass. No one's no white. No one's no white social justice warriors attacking Dave Chappelle. Well, no, because he's black. Well, yeah, there's a lot of we talk about this on the podcast, so I won't allow our simplicity of this right now to be what you hear. Listen to it on the podcast. <laughs> don't hear what we said now. Oh, but yeah. Are you saying you don't want me to trump Bob Forrest? No, I'm just saying that you going because <laughs> he's black might come out a little inappropriate. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mean it inappropriately. Yeah. I mean it kind of like. I think it's. I think it's. It I think it's. And I think it's somewhat. I think it's a double standard, but it, look, we talk about it on the podcast, but I think it's a double standard that um, that these social justice warriors aren't going after athletes, like that R. Kelly's got a, a, a fucking studio full of sex slaves, but they're not going after him because he's not in their comfort zone of what they like to attack, and that's older white privilege, you know? Right. Yeah. I think it's fucking ridiculous. I think that if you should attack, if you attack someone, go after, cut, fucking drain the goddamn swamp. You know, it doesn't affect me. I've lived a fucking pretty solid life. But I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. There's a joke I do in this podcast that I didn't want to ruin for for me saying this. But drain the fucking swamp. That's what I'm saying. But drain them all. Drain them all. Fucking every single one of them. Let's go for the priests. Let's go for the fucking R. Kelly. Let's go for all the football players that beat up their wives. Let's get rid of all of them. I haven't hit my wife. Listen, it's been really hard not to hit my wife. Like, <laughs> and so, But I've, I've held back. So... You know, lucky like, for you. It's like if you smoke, you get cancer. That's part of the gig. Yeah, you look cool as shit, but when you're 80, you're breathing rough and you get cancer. I haven't smoked. I don't get to look cool, but I also don't get cancer. So, oh. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. I love Blue Apron. By the way, this read is like going off. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it, by the way, this read is indicative of where this podcast goes. Well, let me ask you that. Did you have the chili last night? I didn't have the chili. Oh, my God. It was, was so that good. a Blue Apron chili? Yeah, it was really good. 
I mean, our kids ate almost all of it. I had to make them stop eating it so you would have some. And then and then you didn't have any. Well, so. I didn't have any because I was trying to, I'm trying to lose weight. So I but it eat. was it was just lean ground beef and beans and tomatoes. It was very simple. I absolutely love delicious. Blue Apron. I, if you if you listen to the podcast, I, and I know you do, obviously you're listening right now. But you come up to me, to me after the shows and you're like, "Yo, Bert, uh, um, well, we got Blue Apron, and I love that." I People love, do that. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it because I go, "You love it, right?" And they're like, "Dude, all the things we say, they feel." It it's does, amazing. It does bring your family closer together. These, look, these are talking points, but these are genuine talking points on what I'm saying. It does bring your family together. It is inexpensive. It is cheap. It is easy. These are all things. There is a huge variety. The flexibility is fucking through the roof. If you want to do different types of meals or different types of things, then they, they offer that for you. When I say expensive, it's less than $10 per person, which you won't be finding at a grocery store if you're trying to eat healthy the way Blue Apron does. And Blue Apron's meals are healthy. They, they are. are um, Everything is fresh. Seafood sourced sustainably. I understand it's been developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Seafood Aquarium. Watch. <laughs> Beef, pork, and uh, chicken come from responsibly raised animals. And the produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. These are all talking points that are important, but the that that's the least important of all of this. What's most important is my family loves it, and I'm not fucking around. We eat Blue Apron twice a week. I think we get two Blue Aprons a, a week, Yeah, and we eat Blue Apron twice a week. We just got a promo code the other day from Nina. Maybe I shouldn't say my ad sales reps. Oh, I got a promo code from Nina, getting our renewing our next Blue Apron um, run, and I was super excited. Yeah. Not, not, it's not because of money. It's, no, and, it's not. And by the way, we would pay for this. We would pay for this. We don't get it because they're a spot. We don't have to pay because we're their sponsor. But we would pay for this because it does. We do see a benefit in our family for sure. Family dinners have brought us closer together. We talk. We bullshit. We giggle. We laugh. And the kids try food they would never try if I came home and said, "Hey, I'm making chili tonight." They wouldn't eat it. But if it's Blue Apron, they'll eat it every single time. I think you left a page off this. No, that's that's. Wait, what wait, they don't have any new meals coming up. I don't know. It was just that one page. Oh, you that. know what? No, it's mm-hmm. not. Oh, you know what? Hold on. There's a thing they're doing this month yeah, where they're doing the best like, of. Yeah, best of. Is that? Oh, here we go. This October, Blue Apron celebrating their fifth anniversary by bringing back its top twenty recipes throughout the past five years, as picked by us, the Blue Apron community. What would you be your favorite meal we've had through Blue Apron so far? Oh my god, that's hard. We had some chicken sandwiches last week that were really good. Um, I loved the burgers we had a couple weeks ago. I didn't eat the bun, but that that aioli mayonnaise was fucking was phenomenal. Good. And their meat is such a good quality that the flavor of the meat is really good. I remember you kept going, it's just ground beef. I know. Um, <laughs> so your favorite Blue Apron menus are back on the rest on the menu. Your favorite Blue Apron recipes are back on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> For a limited time only. Uh, Blue Apron is about giving people fresh recipes to explore as they learn to cook new dishes after new dish. Have you, Leanne, you've cooked how many new Blue Aprons would you say? Oh, my God. Two a week for probably... Six. Since January. Yeah, since January. Uh, it's been really great. You know what? Now when I'm cooking non-Blue Apron meals, I'm starting to cook them differently based on what I've learned cooking the blue apron recipes like garlic i'm from the south there's no garlic in the south we don't use garlic for anything yeah but now i understand better that you can use garlic in almost anything you make and how to how to properly 
prepare it and how to use it, how to portion it. That's been a big thing that I've learned from Blue Apron. Um, it's it, and, and I really seriously love that it exposes our kids to food they would never choose to eat. They yeah. would never order this food in a restaurant. Not I, ever. I love Blue Apron. I really do. I'm being and I'm being dead serious. Uh, try out Blue Aprons all time. Oh, hey, come on in, Reg. This is my manager, Reg. Try out Blue Aprons all time customer favorites by going to blueapron.com slash Burtcast. Shut that door, please. These are dusty as fuck in this place. Try out Blue Aprons. <laughs> I'm the worst at promo reads. Try out Blue Aprons all time customer favorites by going to blueapron.com slash Burtcast. Blueapron.com slash Burtcast. Blue Apron. A better way to cook. A better way to live. By the way, I should do that a little bit all over because there's other things I should let you know. Get this week's menu and get $30 off your first meal with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash birdcast. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first meal with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredibly home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash birdcast. Blue Apron. A better way to cook, a better way to live, a better way to love your family, and a better way to raise daughters and have them not turn into whores. Blue Apron is a place to be. Blue Apron is a meal for me. I want to cook hot meals and have them with my family. Blue Apron also offers wine, and I'll start drinking in November. Because everyone thinks that I'm an asshole when I'm sober. Because everyone thinks... Something's wrong with Bert because he's not talking because he's not overcompensating for the fact that he's blackout drunk and maybe saying inappropriate stuff. So he just keeps his fucking mouth shut and everybody texts him and says, why weren't you talking at Ralphie's funeral? So, uh, Reg, come on in. Is this mic on? Reg, come over here for a second. By the way, uh... Oh, other side, other side. This, this is why I don't like this. No, no you, no, no, you, you go, go on the other side. side. Um, yeah. we're wrapping this, we're wrapping this intro read up. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about Ralphie's funeral last night, Reg? And be real. Well, you don't have to be real. You guys were, well, I guess you don't want to stop them anymore. Um, I thought, uh, there were some really beautiful moments. Yeah. There's some weird moments. Some very weird moments. And, um, I think he'd be proud to see that room that full and that packed to the gills. I think he'd rather it been the Irvine Improv, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he can sell out the fucking right. Hollywood no, Improv. I mean, can you? Can I tell you the amount of times people said the N-word? Yeah. was astounding. Right. Apparently there was an N-word pass at Ralphie's funeral, <laughs> which is a little bit of a hint to how we had in this podcast talking about Ralphie. But, uh, but um, and what's even more hilarious is that Every white comic up there used the N-word because Ralphie uh, endearingly, I think, had a pass. I think I mean, he definitely has got a pass now. He can't get in trouble now. But uh, And that what's even more funny is they canceled Mo' Better Mondays for Ralphie's thing, which is the Black Knight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not God. only did they cancel the Black Knight, but everyone said the N-word probably as much as they would have had they not had had they not canceled it. Bruce Jingle said the joke. He said, I haven't heard this word said this much since last week at Mo' Better Mondays. So, oh, really? Yeah. Um it was a, it was an interesting, it was an interesting, it was an interesting night. Were you uh, were you in the showroom or did I was you hang in the out? Showroom, I was in the showroom. Um, 
I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about certain things. I just was angry, I think. But I was angry because he's dead also. Like, I was angry about a lot of things. Gary Cannon was fucking hilarious. The Smash Brothers were hilarious. Gabe did a good job. A little long-winded Gabe, my opinion. But you did lose a friend that was living in your house. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Gabe was the one who found his body. or Not found his body, but he died in Gabe's house. Oh. Yeah, but but I, I'm just I was just I was in there I was being shitty I wasn't being good not 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 that I was in a bad mood but I was just being a little shitty because I didn't I wanted I didn't I'd rather Ralphie just I'd rather not be there right <laughs> Joey and Ari both said to me don't go yeah. you're not gonna like it it's not gonna be what you think it's gonna be and they didn't go and they chose not to go and then I went no I I would definitely know Ralphie would have gone to mine yeah um man August mm-hmm is ralphie yeah to a place where i was like i was fucking that is the that is it was the creepiest thing i've ever seen in my fucking life if that's what ralphie was as a kid i'd Mm -hmm. be curious but yeah it was uh i left early um i left early because i there were the, here's the problem by the way not to and everyone mourns differently and i learned that in college after three of my friends killed themselves not together but just back to back to back mm-hmm. every semester everyone mourns differently um my problem with those things is sometimes people aren't technically mourning they're networking mm-hmm. and uh, that bothered me yeah like when people were coming up like yo yo can i get a picture and you're like you're like yeah that's unfortunate and then people are like uh hey how are your numbers in uh Scott? And you're like huh like networking, I just it made me feel gross. I think right. some comics have a hard time being just a person, being genuine, just being a person. Mm-hmm. No, know? I think some and comics, feeling emotions because no, usually no, no. they're com- not all of them. No, some no, 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 no. I think I agree with what you're saying. I don't mean to disagree with you and say that you're wrong. I don't say that anymore. <laughs> However, um, some comics look at it as an opportunity. Yeah, I know. So yeah, they yeah, yeah, they yeah. disconnect from hey, this is not the appropriate time to just be a human being in a place of sadness or joy celebrating somebody's life and instead like you said they look at it as an opportunity because they just can't be real for five minutes some some comics not all of them right yeah. i thought i mean uh, when jay moore spoke i thought that was beautiful when carlos spoke even though it was short i really loved what he said he said that uh you know why do you guys do two hours because a lot of these people here it they had to work two hours to pay for a ticket so i want to give them a good two hours back uh i thought that was I don't know. I like that. And then when Gary Cannon's mom came up, you just saw all the hidden generosity that Ralphie had that no one talked about. He didn't talk about, but you just saw, you you saw I was there. I'm glad I didn't get up on stage last night. I'm really glad. That was a good call. Good call. Yeah, because I was driving up over the hill and I was like, all the things I was saying that I was angry about, yeah. I would have come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dane swole shit. Dane's fucking yoked. He's got to be on testosterone. No, why right. you'd want to say that on the podcast, but okay. I didn't see him there. He's fucking ridiculously big. <laughs> he's ridiculously big, and he's like 47. He's got to be on test. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's start this podcast. Your, meet- your meeting's here. Oh, for real? Yeah. Should I go get Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Get my meeting. Um, all right, guys. Uh, today's podcast from this life. It's this life is their podcast, right? It's uh, today's podcast from this life. It's uh, you've seen them on uh, Celebrity Rehab. You've seen Bob was on Intervention. Was Bob on Intervention? It was on Celebrity Rehab or, or but they they but look no Bob wasn't on Intervention. They've just 
if you don't know who the fuck they are, then I don't. You've been under a rock. You've been watching VH1, VH1 for the past ten years. Um, he bought. I'm all over the map with this read. I apologize. It's been a rough couple days, and I'm at the very tail end of sober October, and I'm I'm getting ready to start drinking again. Today's podcast from Loveline, from uh, This Is Life, from all of it, Doctor Drew and Bob Forrest. Yeah, it's uh, like her mother. <laughs> you can't even. I mean, you can't even have the word "shit" in your title anymore. Like, if you had to do an album, you can't even call it something something shit. How about the other one? The one that followed that was bicentennial nigger. It's right, it's right, <laughs> yeah, right. It's right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a little. Yeah, that's a little sun drenched. Where was that before it was in this garage, man? Oh yeah, that I don't know. We found that. This, you know, what's so funny. This was a birthday present someone gave me. Was these? They got them at. Uh, at like, uh, oh, the red at like it's one of those like uh, restoration hardwares, and they just uh, did that like grabbed them and framed them all for me. Right, and it was a, such a great present. Andy Griffith's really good. You remember? You ever listen to him? He was good. Yeah, he was. It was, a, it was like a legit storyteller. Yeah, a little campy, but for yeah. like when he did it, yeah. very like uh, next level in my He's opinion. A neighbor of yours around here? He was. Yeah, he lived right here for decades. Did you? Grow- you know who lives on Addison's? Be real. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, for years. Really? I don't know if he's still here, but he, he, you know, from oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cypress Hill. Hello, one, yeah, two, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. four. Right here. Shut the fuck Kroll up. Kroll had a house on Addison. Kroll grew up on Addison. He drove me home one time. Well, but he had he bought one. His party house was here too. Are you shitting me? And he and 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 be real is like right across the street. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know. I that. think it was further towards that end, North Hollywood. Um, <clears throat> I I never dug Red Fox. Never got it. Uh, I liked the TV show and stuff, Sanford son, but I just didn't like his comedy. I still don't like it. When, when I'm listening to the comedy channels, he comes up, I, I change it. Uh, I'll tell you who I really, really um, fell in love with, but it was after a while. Mm. Um, but I disco- rediscovered, in a way, was uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Oh, yeah, always. He would he'd destroy. Dude, murder. <laughs> destroy. Murder. Right? He was the... He was, I listened to him doing an, like it was probably like a fifteen minute set and it was yeah, just like, one after like an another. Hour. The funniest thing is when he was destroying on Carson. Yeah. And after just killing Carson, everyone in the room he finally goes, Okay, we done here? Yeah. We keep going. <laughs> he was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, are we are we t- Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're good. recording. I like the I like yeah. the slow roll into yeah. the slow roll into the podcast. What's that what's that, Advil? No, it's nicotine gum. Nicorette gum, dude. Really? What's wrong with that? Oh, I've been thinking about taking up nicorette. nicorette. No, you know what? You lose some weight. Greatest really? side effect is appetite suppressant, baby. Shut up. <laughs> someone said, someone told me they gave me a nic, nic, a nicorette pen, and they said it in, that nicotine immediately instills creativity when you take a hit. Nicotine is not a bad drug. Oh, I like the, is a, This neither, is how we start off. Neither this is, is it, right here. Neither Dr. is Drew out of the mouth of Dr. Drew. Caffeine and they, they, I mean, you, look, we live in a world when people are trying to supplement and give neuro this and yeah. neuro that. I mean, there are things that eh, it's just if it if it if it becomes extra physiological or intoxicate, then there's a price. Then there'll be a price. Really? That's what you found out lately, right? That's what Joe Rogan found out. I wish we, Mike Catherine and I were shocked to hear that conversation you guys had about how great you were feeling. Oh yeah. Rogan, I never thought I'd hear him say anything other than pot is only enhancing. Oh, about the oh yeah, yeah. about the benefits of yeah. not smoking pot. Yeah. I was shocked to hear him to admit that it. Oh, I'm a little clearer. About He's that? actually thinking about taking breaks every other month so that he can. That's smart. Enjoy it. That's smart. Yeah. It's. I, I tell you what. It's. 
I have had a real uh, a real blast not drinking and doing drugs. That sounds silly. I wish it was better. Like I wish that I I maybe I like I don't know if that if I had hit a bottom, I would have. Uh, I don't know if that whatever happened was my bottom. I don't know if that would have. Um. I, I, if I've gotten enough reward out of it to stay sober, like I, like if if if, yeah. if, I, if I was supposed like I'll tell you what really scared you haven't. me. Someone told me someone told me uh, one day at a time. Some yeah. AA guy was yeah. like he was like, hey man, I'm really yeah. proud of you. Just one day at a time. And I was yeah. like, no no no, 31 days, and then I'm done. Yeah, like I don't know if I could do <laughs> yeah. one day. That, one day at a time gave me panic. Like <laughs> <legit panic. laughs> I think that's the that's the the positive affirmation of staying sober tends not to be so. Uh, indefinite anything that's a slogan is gross and stupid <laughs> let's just face it nobody Thank likes you. it the fact is we My don't know like mood. look at tom petty a couple of weeks ago he yeah. was just sitting somewhere doing a podcast and he's dead yeah so none of us know where we're going to be or what's going to happen we live in the illusion of control oh man and you, permanence you become a stoic right under my eyes not, not really the stoics it's have just a, ridiculous they call memorial momentum i think they call it which is remember you could be taken from this life any second and i've known that since i got sober like yeah. every day is like rad and i could have died all those years yeah now it's just like i don't care one day at a time people love slogan listen let me tell you something bird most people are weak-willed and feeble-minded. Oh my God! Where this? Who is this guy? <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. So if they need slogans, if they need slogans or brands or whatever, fine. Yeah. I don't need them. Yeah. I do. I'm I weak. live in the hours that I live. Yeah, I don't. Uh, are, you, are you well? Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure you're not telling us something <laughs> like, like there's a clock running or something. No, no, no. You I okay? got a cold, and of course, I think I'm dying of cancer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh. He, you know, Bob had a near-death experience in his mind, even though he just had a regular old I, I asthma. I had pneumonia, attack. and I kept going to urgent care. So then and I I'm felt like I was dying. I made my will out. He is like, he's writing to, these gigantic I'm, manifestos <laughs> on Facebook about how the healthcare system sucks. And I'm like, Bob, you need a doctor. Yeah, I don't you like need, doctors. <laughs> I, man, I even my like, I you know what I found myself doing? I was at my cardiologist, and he was like. Uh, you have a separate guy that looks after your heart. Oh, that's I guess that's gonna help. That's gonna kill me. That's the one. The one meeting I had with all my doctors where they're like, "What is it? Cancer? Heart disease? How are you going to help?" And I was like, "My dad, my both my grandfathers died of strokes." They're like, "Oh, you're gonna have a stroke." I was like, "What?" And they're like, "That's how it works. You you you, you fall into one of the Genetics. Blinko categories. Well, but you can control some of that stuff. Then you got to figure out what's, what what's under that. What, yeah. what did what did they not? What would they have died from had they not died from the strokes? So you're a yeah. comedian. Yeah. Get this." How many people have died during the stress test for the heart thing? No, no. Come oh, on. That's got to be. <laughs> no, no. I was in good shape when I had mine. When I've they had go, people have cardiac events. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Then you get them, you, you get right on it and you take care of it. Yeah, but people don't act like that in their normal daily living. They're just going slowly through life. That's and the then idea. all of a sudden, you guys got them running on a treadmill. Oh, my God. What happened to Bob? Who took Bob's brain? <laughs> I love, I, by the way, this is the brain. Like, there is a part of what I'm doing in this sober October that has been extremely unhealthy like where I, I recognize it and I go like I know for a fact the one thing where you go I'm smarter than AA that's oh. like an addict's brain yeah yeah I got that yeah. I got that thing yeah, definitely yeah. yeah definitely I got that <laughs> and then the other thing is um do you, I, I wonder if you ever felt this Bob like I was on a plane and this kid was like uh I was I was with another comic was behind me and I said, "Yeah, I'm not drinking, and I fly. I drink when I fly. So keep me honest as a joke, or whatever." Yeah. This kid's like, uh, "You have a are you you have a drinking problem?" And I go, "Oh no, I just I always drink when I fly." And he goes, "I had to go to uh, rehab for 
I think it was Magic the Gathering, like a video game. He was like, I it was wow. eating up my life, and I was, and I was like, really? He was like, yeah. Well, they we had to, I had had to like go to rehab for it, huh. and immediately I got the hotel room that night, and I was like, I should look up Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I was like, I bet it, if it's rehab worthy, it's got to be good. <laughs> Did you play it? No, it's yeah. a card game, I, no. and I was like, oh, you got to get the. And I was like, you need two other players, I think. Hey, I'm I'm sitting here staring at all these uh, comedy albums on yeah. your wall, and and I I'm not sure if I I emphasize this enough when we, we were talking about it a minute ago of all the ones up there and you got a bunch of very very fun you know yeah. the best you know and we we both talked about how we you know rodney killed but the one that i really believe is going to stand up as poetry almost like 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 homer is is prior it, it's it's goes it's eternal when you hear it now it's a lot of stuff you go oh it's a little eh, it's a little dated is it his stuff just it just stands yeah, it's like like a like a poet, like like it's really like modern poetry. He had that effortlessness that Dave Chappelle has, that I think only black comics can have, like an effortlessness. That's a racist statement. <laughs> if you're white and you're not writing shit into a notebook, people go, "He's not working hard enough." Uh. But they don't expect black comics to be writing anything down. They expect him to get up and be. And I think I think so. Prior, it's a, sort of a, ja- a jazz talent almost. Yeah, yeah. Jay Z doesn't yeah. write lyrics down. Right, like right. he remembers them all. Right. And so I think in a weird way, and I think it's there's a lot of that um, cross, like almost like the like Jerry Seinfeld said, if you don't look at this, I, I mean I'm, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but if you don't look at this the same way a guy looks at a construction job, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. So then all comics are like, well, shit, if you're not if you don't have a notebook or a, a yeah, you know, yeah. then you're not doing it right and. I, I think I've always fallen in more of the prior thing of like, oh my god, oh, yeah, about, you're a storyteller, yeah, yeah. But prior is a prior about is a making people laugh and making people think. That's what the best comedy is: make them laugh, and then right after they're done laughing, they're thinking. Well, something deep about hum- the human experience, right? That's well, what my, you should be thinking you know, about that. That my thing, comedy's been my thing since I was a kid. Yeah. Really? So we talked about this last time, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, and and. There are comedians that I laugh at, but I don't ever oh, think yeah, do twice about now. what they said. It's yeah. not deep. It's not revelatory. <laughs> Richard Pryor was able to make white people look at their relationship to black people. Oh. And black people look at their relationships to each other. Yeah. And black people's relationships to white people. There's not many people that can figure out how to do did, that. Did you, did you hear Seinfeld on uh, Stern? No. He, he was only a couple weeks ago. His Asperger's is bad. He talked about what he was like in high school and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, that's full yeah, on. I Asperger's. heard him say, I heard him say he had Asperger's. What is? Oh, what full on? What is? What is? Like, what is it? it it's it's a kind of it comes high off, functioning autism is the easiest way to yeah understand. it comes off really? as social awkwardness in, 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 in its core. It's an inability to read social cues. A lot of musicians have it. Yeah. It's so funny. I've heard so many stories about him being unable to read social cues. And, and he and he said he in high school because Stern was like, didn't you want to get laid? Didn't you have any girlfriends? He's like, no, that, that was those people. I I watched TV. I, I was fine. I didn't want people. Why did I want? I just me and my television. That's all. I was like, oh my god, that's severe for okay. real. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And that's something. Yeah, I I always thought I was. On some sort of spectrum, but I think I'm. No, more you're like, the ADD thing. I got the ADD, OCD, yeah. paranoia, yeah. like uh, anxiety. You said your daughter's got the same kind of thing too. What she's got. She's yeah. got Isla. The one you met is just now a mess. Yeah. yeah, she's not a mess. She's a mess, Drew. Well, it's because you talk about her. <laughs> you time. know, she's I, maybe, maybe, yeah. no. don't worry. I've definitely, no, thought, I, I, I've I definitely can, thought that I fucking ruined. I this. can chime in here. <laughs> she's a mess because she lives in this house in this world in yeah. Southern California, right down the street from neighborhood schools. Is that where you guys go? Yeah, she, yeah, she goes of to the course. schools right here. That's what's where my kids what, went. What's wrong with that? <laughs> 
That's where Corolla went. <laughs> I saw so North Hollywood higher. I'm like, there it all is. All of a sudden, by the time all these kids, all of a sudden, by the time they're 13, they have three therapists, and you're going to therapist sessions, uh, and the kids have anxiety. Oh my anxiety. God, Bob, are you? Are you? That's they don't. You, that doesn't happen in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, no, it does not. No, no. I'll tell you what. This is a funny story that I that I witnessed. My girls played uh, softball. They've been playing softball, but obviously it's a neighborhood softball team. So they go and play one up in Sirmar or Silmar. Way up in the Got their asses kicked, did they? Well, yeah. What it was was a Mexican team, predominantly, not predominantly, entirely Mexican. And because they've got a Mexican coach who obviously wants to play the game to win, he's got them stealing. He's got them when they get walked. The second they're first, they keep going. They just run to yeah. third. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it yeah. really takes the fun out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And so they're stealing every base. If the ball's passed, like what they're doing also is they're, uh, he's just, just run. And then our girls will throw it and then and obviously it. make an error. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone just clears bases. Yeah. So uh, five people get up to bat, five people score, and then the next inning. Oh. So. It's really aggressive, and uh, one of my daughters—I won't say which one because I don't want to blame either. One of my daughters gets in the car and is like looking out the window. I go, "What's the matter, baby?" She's like, "I don't think I like Mexicans." Oh, <laughs> and no. I'm like, "No." I go, "You don't like uh. poor people. Like oh. poor people is who you dislike because they need like those girls. They don't have the luxury of having college funds and like best case scenario, one of them gets a scholarship." And they pay go to Arizona State, and yeah. that's they pay their like they they have struggle in their life. Their yeah. dads have struggle. They know yeah. the like. There's not this like. Is the plan is the plan here for your family to become religious and go to Campbell Hall? Uh n- oh no no oh uh, yeah no, it is no, no, wait why religious Campbell because it's a religious school. no it is not yes it is is it, is it? yes it is Bob Bob I I I my kids played football against it. I went there and spoke several times. Trust me, there's zero. It's a college prep school. Can we I know, but it has. It's a religious no, school. No, that Wait, was left behind. Long can I tell you? Yeah, can left I tell you behind. What does that mean? What does left behind mean? Zero revenue. It means not zero. as revenue generating. What? That's right. <laughs> they. It was founded. I don't want to get into it. It was founded as a religious school. It became the leading valley for profit. Private, private school. prep school, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It is forty thousand dollars a year yeah. for a child to go there. Right. To it's go expensive. to high school. I'm not sure it's forty, but it's the, that's the. Kind I don't know. Of what, I don't know what it is, but I know it's it's yeah, definitely it's over fifteen. Yeah, yeah. But this Catholic is the, schools are 15. this is the yeah. madness that we've grown accustomed to in Los Angeles. Because the you, you, LA Unified blows so badly that they it's are. abusive to send your kids to some of these schools. Who's it's, got who? But then that's when the playing field isn't equal I, for the I kids understand. in Silmar. So, so I hundred percent agree with you. So our politicians should be solving our educational problem they never do it i don't understand why they throw money at it they cannot solve it i don't understand why. i just uh so where are you kids going to go to school you must have the whole thing planned out if you very, live here it's a very interesting conversation <laughs> considering uh our our high school is north hollywood high yeah uh by the way again, like i said i've heard about it for so many years from corolla and he went to school Ray. there and those guys, I drove past it just down the way to your house. I'm like, oh my god! There's yeah. the mythical, the mythical land of Hollywood, Hollywood High. It is, it is predominantly Mexican. Um, and then there's another one. Uh, I want to say the name of the school is like Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Okay, so what? This is what Cleveland does. And by the way, I I guess I have to do some disclaimer or something saying uh, this is hearsay or yeah. whatever, just so that I don't get yeah. sued. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, this is uh, I didn't hear. I wasn't at the You've meeting. Heard this? I've heard this. Um, what they do is they have these uh, active programs um, where 
all the white kids sit on the floor and all the kids of color stand on seats and yell at them so that white kids know oppression. And then where all, is it? this at this a school? This is at Cleveland. Oh, okay. And then and then the next semester, the next semester, uh, the all the boys sit on the ground and all the girls yell at them so they know oppression. And uh, and that's what the that's where liberalism has taken the school. However, that is the the high achieving kids do that. Mm. They aren't part of the what what they call possibly i know that this is what they called it <laughs> look at but, how but, careful you're well wording. i just I, i'm sure there's people that are kids are going there and they're like whoa 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 whoa. i'd rather them hear it and then re- research it but then what the other opportunity is is the gen pop that's what they call it that's what they call it at all these schools gen pop it sounds like a prison prison yeah, exactly much. every school here has the high achieving programs where all the yeah. white people's kids with money goes well there's then the got one gen over pop. here the journalism school is the hardest school to get into the 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 guy that was killed in afghanistan or whatever there's a journalism school right here at yeah. the next block up it's a, it's inside that big school yeah but they but they have uh gen pops are all the other kids like and not not sadly but isla my youngest i think's in gen pop uh-huh <laughs> she's just she's <laughs> She's, she can roll like that. <laughs> Georgia is not. She is in the humanities pro- honors program, and those honors programs are really great. But the Gen Pop isn't. Now, what what I the article, it's good I, to hear that they've got an honors program that you know they can bring kids along at least. Okay, yeah, oh, one hundred percent. My overall theory is this, and I knew that you would have the same things that I had when I lived here. Yeah. L.A. has become... You lived in North Hollywood? I, well, no, I lived in Laurel Canyon, and mm-hmm. my kid went here to neighborhood school, yeah, yeah. so I know this area like the back of my hand. I know the yogurt shop and the Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and So L.A. has become the joke of elitism that New York was in the 70s. Oh, that's interesting. That's exactly yeah, what's that happened. And New that. York is more like a town now. Yeah, yeah. And we're the neurotic nutcases that actually Woody Allen used to make fun of and kind of exemplify expose. to America, right? Mm-hmm. And expose. We've become that. With Before our children are born, we're wondering what preschool they're going to go to. Yeah. So they're not in with these people. And But we don't use words like those people. It's yeah. just a nutcase That's world. what drove That's me That's why nuts. I've left Los Angeles. We went to, we went to a... a, a, a no, Leanne is the most liberal person in the world. Yeah, All yeah. her friends are the most liberal person people in the world. They are hardcore anti-Trump, anti-racism, anti-all that. We go to one football game at Hollywood High and literally all of them, like a bunch of tiki torturers, were like, our kids aren't going here. And I was like, <laughs> I was like why? Truth. That's what I was trying to point out about the Campbell Hall. You would you would have your, you would pay $40,000 for your kid to go to yeah. high school. Yeah. Then just have them learn how to get along with people maybe not the same as them. Yeah, I, I think that, there's, that's there's what's probably something, school there's probably something very valuable uh, for interacting with people of all races and colors but but and by the, by the way this is what is frustrating is that I, like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like I definitely wouldn't Leanne's like I think she's just gonna go North Hollywood High I was I was like I was like are you sure like and she's like yeah they got a great zoo magnet and I was like yeah but I mean that's what world the world is my kids will go to school to become zoo like a zoo magnet? who's decides now that they're gonna be thing? zoologists yeah a zoo magnet zoo, they got awesome. a really great zoo magnet never heard of that yeah well yeah North Hollywood High's got so the best that, zoo that, magnet see because we can't just keep blaming the politicians because we're the people. And if we choose to take our children, have them in elite schools where they don't ever come. When when my son was over here, you know, and I love Gail and I love that school. Yeah. There was one African-American kid. His parents were English and produced a famous TV show. 
That's not reality for our children to grow up in. So we've cornered ourselves in this old uber liberal kind of elitism that's a joke. It's hubris. It's a joke it's to hubris. the regular. Yeah. It's a joke to the regular America, and I think that's they, they what they see the hubris. They they're like they don't like people telling them how to live, how to be progressive if they're not living it themselves. Yeah. People see that and they just go. Is it, look at Weinstein. Do you know what his main defense was when the story started to break? Everybody does this. No, no, no. There was that. <laughs> but but he, no, he said, "Hey, you need me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take spend money to attack the NRA. Don't 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 you know, don't get rid of me. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get the NRA. It's like no, you don't get to <laughs> take a progressive position and then do whatever you want. Well, I think I'm afraid. let's get into it. You want to just dive right into it? Yeah. Because I love this subject and I, I've been talking about it. So Tobik is the next one. Yeah. Oh. There's a bunch more coming. Yeah. And this is mob rule. These people have not been charged with anything. I, I'm not defending them. Yeah. But we cannot be a country, especially the progressive elite el, el, uh, educated people mm-hmm. cannot become a mob mentality. What cannot become? We're already there. We're already there. But here's my thing. So the, the and I have a pet peeve about this. Is this what your podcast the, is about? It's about whatever. The, no, it's, it's about no, whatever but, we want to talk about. Like we said last time we had more fun. No, 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 but, no, no, but no, no, no. I like this. But listen. So By the, the way, right now there's a bunch too. of people going, yeah, pick this scab. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so the Me Too, the Me Too, right? I thought we Very, talked about you and ev- Rogan and Vic Sobrock. Everybody has and, compassion. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Everybody has compassion for Me Too, yeah. right? Yeah. But what America doesn't want to understand is that if there's two million Me Too's, that means two wait, million what's, what's of our fathers, me too's our uncles, oh, our uncles, oh, our, uncles, bop, our bop, fathers, bop. our brothers, and our sons have done that to uh, women. Me Too is the hashtag where... Uh, women can use the yeah, hashtag yeah. speak up and say they've been sexually harassed, sexually yeah. assaulted. Listen, how about whatever. in Sacramento? They have that hashtag, we've said enough. And there's a law in Sacramento, something to the effect of if they accuse someone, they're not allowed to name who it is. It goes, becomes it becomes confidential. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's change that law. I want names. because yeah, I want names too. It's pervasive in Sacramento. Uh, I, Bob, but I, I that's said our, to, that's We are a society was, that has sick relations between men and women, I said, obviously. I said to someone... And, the other day, they were talking about. Uh, um, they released the uh, the shittiest men in media list. Uh, oh, uh, I'd like to was, see it, that one. Uh, I got it on my phone. Uh, <laughs> and so they. Uh, Do you they, know some of them? Uh, three of them are my best friends. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Because what three of them are my three three of my favorite people in the world. What they do? Uh, they are uh, two of them are rape. A Sympathizers, rapist oh. sympathizers, allegedly, and they gave a platform to a racist uh, or to a rapist. Um, one of them, one of them, I'm, I'm not going to say anyone's names, but I think everyone yeah, gets one of their names really quick. But he was a guy that defended a guy who the mob mentality was coming after. The UCB happened where it said uh, this girl's, this guy's been raping girls, and they started a thing on Facebook about this guy, and he said, "Hold on, no, you you can't can't be judge, judge and jury. Yeah, yeah you can't yeah. be judge and jury. Yeah, someone go and and and." And that's what his whole thing was. And then he got convoluted in that and started fighting with them independently. Yeah, yeah. And so he made the list. Oh, God. And, uh, his buddy's got a podcast with him. He made the list because he's friends with him. Oh, and then God. another guy made the list. And then the other guy, everyone knows that about that's made the list that they're after next. I won't say his name, but there's another comedian that it's very clear everyone that he's the next on the list. And that will come out very soon. I won't say his name because I don't know anything. I wasn't in any rooms. I don't know what happened. So it's instead coming. of instead of so uh, mob mentality, you know, instead of coming. killing the intellectuals, we're just going to kill all the comedians. <laughs> That's going to be the U.S. <laughs> but, version. But of, what I said is what I said the cultural was, revolution. I said, hey, I'm cool with you draining the swamp. 
I'm cool with you. But realize your brothers and fathers are the and, ones. Yes. And, and your all your friends are going to be in that because like I, I I've never I've never sexually harassed anyone to my knowledge. I'm sure I've said inappropriate shit, worked with people, and said inappropriate shit. Maybe they didn't say it to me. Maybe I, I don't even remember it. Maybe I was drunk. I did seven years on the road with a group of 11 people where we spent every waking minute together for 11 days at a time or 14 days at a time. Was there a woman in the group? Uh, one, yeah. Stacy. I mean, oh. I'd hope Stacy would reach out to me first, but oh. <laughs> but she's one of my best friends. Oh. And, and I've never... I mean, I've never. I, I'm gonna bet that she experienced things you had no idea. I'm certain she yeah, did. Yeah. I'm certain she did. And may and this it may not be used, at your hands, but I bet could, the, the women have to be subjected to stuff that men don't even doesn't even register for men. Sometimes wouldn't even fucking yeah. like. But I, but that's why I like this. All this is leading to dialogue. Well, that's it's what I'm saying. That's dialogue so good. in my house amongst my friends. Yeah. That this is something that America. Are you really ready for this? We're barely you know, functioning as it is. Do we really want to get into that most people's brothers, sons, uncles, and dads have sexually harassed women? Yeah. Because if we have this many victims, you have that many perpetrators. Harvey Weinstein didn't do them all. One of the guys was a guy that just gave me a job and he got fired from his Nickelodeon show. Hmm. Just give me a job. I know his family, went to school with his family. Very, I'm friends with his whole family. Really nice guy. And he got accused from 15 years ago when he didn't even have kids, and he lost his job at Nickelodeon. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, by the way, I, I read only half the article because as soon as I saw it, I was like, I was like, fuck. I, in my head, I was like, now, granted, I feel horrible for any of the women. I don't know what his it's charges horrible. were. Yeah. I don't know what his charges were, so they don't really talk about that. All it says is sexual harassment. I can't imagine if he was being a predator towards women, what it must have been like to be that woman working with him. But at the same time, I go, God damn it, what's his family doing? Like, mm. but it, but I also I felt that way when Steve Renazzisi uh, got caught up lying about nine eleven that night. Do you remember that? Yeah, no. comedian said he was in yeah. one of the towers when the plane hit. He was having a cigarette, and that's yeah. why he got into comedy. Yeah, and then he got on. He got very famous. He started doing really big work, and then it came out that he was lying about nine eleven. And uh, and all I thought as I put my kids to bed that night was like, "Fuck, they can take it away." Well, it really is like the the terror in France in 1890, right? No, it's I don't know what that is. Please tell me what you're talking about. They cut off the, people's heads. The guillotine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's what that you're was. Familiar those with mobs, that those mobs that would say you, and then and then those people would get turned on by the. It would just be the mob eating itself all the time. I thought interesting the poor Lisa Bloom and poor Kathy Griffin. I feel bad for both of them. You seen that mess? Lisa Bloom. These. Oh, the the, the, the lawyer. lawyer. Did you see what happened today with them? No. Oh, dude. Oh shit. Well, Kathy's Kathy been going. After her, pretty hard. Kathy pushed, posted some terrible stuff, and then Lisa tried to defend herself, and it was just—I feel bad for both of them. I, I don't know what to. But say that's about the that. second. I want to be honest but, with you. That when I read those tweets, yeah. it's the second time we've heard that in three weeks. If what, you pick your brain about, about the outrageous charges, but what, 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 I'm, what I'm, the I mean, outrageous financial charges. Oh of yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That that's, that's what Kathy was complaining shot. about her having to pay a lot and the whole thing sort of blowing up. But we heard that from. We're another talking about okay. Lisa Bloom represented Kathy Griffin when she was held the head of Trump up, the uh-huh. decapitated head. Okay. And uh, and apparently Kathy went off script almost entirely and Lisa charged her for her services and for setting up the press conference and everything and because the whole thing blew up and didn't work, Kathy's blaming Lisa Bloom. So, but about- so, so the, the whole thing is a mess and what's the, what's the good that's going to come out of it? I think 
you know, we were talking about this the other day. Is it going to be more and more bad? Are we going to go deeper into the darkness of the American soul until we come out of it? Or are we starting to come out of it and ra- more rational minds will prevail? I think this newest thing of what happened to Harvey Weinstein, what's happened to Toback, and what's to come is a they sign that we're going deeper into the darkness. We just, we just fired. But but how about this? I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. And so you're the comedian, so you should be making us all laugh at this point. Uh, well, I made a joke that did not go over very well about <laughs> David Blaine's uh, rape. You heard mm-hmm. he, uh, they say that apparently... He uh, did? Allegedly, David Blaine uh, roofied a girl. Uh-oh. And oh my, I, all, my joke was, with his skill set, it had to be remarkable to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Ha! Nobody laughed. Like that. no one laughed. And then well, I, and there's that. this there's this universal moral outrage stuff. Right? What if people stop laughing? I don't think the people coming to my shows, but nothing that nothing that you can't make fun of anything anymore. I think that might be another limiting thing. Is there? You know, I watched the last Chappelle show. Like he, there are certain points where there's no laughter. And Could he, you imagine, like, remember the, what was his name? The guy from the, Seinfeld that did that horrible Michael Richards. What if he? What if he had done that today? He would, he would have been like arrested. He, I don't know. It might but, maybe I don't know. And part that was only thinks, three or four thinks, years ago. Part of me thinks if you're Michael, he Richards, might have been vice president. I'd rather do it now. I'd rather do it now because <laughs> you know something's right around the corner. It's like the guy who uh, came out against. Uh, there was a of some guy, senator that came out against gay writes and then turns out he was gay and then the next day was a harvey weinstein thing and you know he had to be like that was a close call <laughs> everyone's about to know i blew dudes and now here i am thank you everybody See? but like i i think it's good that guys like harvey i i can say this i've never um i've never raped anybody uh thankfully but i've never just i've only had sex with six people so i'm not I'm, i don't have that that gene, that sexy gene that yeah. would, a rapist would have where they're like... You're a serial oh, monogamous, yeah, all that. Sexy gene. And the thing where like a rapist Are would you? be like, oh, hardcore, hardcore. I'm not good at sex. I have a hard time turning it off. Like, so, like, yeah, I was in one threesome one time that went uncomfortable and I felt guilty. Oof. But it was a threesome. There were two girls and I still felt like, that was awkward. I feel like I should apologize to those girls. Yeah. No one even had an orgasm. But like, <laughs> but still, I, that was part of the reason I felt guilty. <laughs> And so part of the reason <laughs> I was such a bad fucking threesome. Anyway, um, but like you were probably intoxicated. Like I, uh, we were all very intoxicated. Shocking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Are there it. threesomes that happen that people aren't intoxicated? Right. Uh, no. That's why I don't. That's why I never can imagine that if I was single, I would not. I would be not be sober. Huh. Like I look at like uh, fucking Crystal Lee, and I go, "How do you have your threesome sober?" Anyway. Um, <laughs> The, but like I feel like as That's someone funny. who I don't have that thing I, I could never leverage I have a hard time with conversation. No, you're not a big sex guy I'm not a big sex guy yeah. and so I look at guys like Harvey Weinstein and I go well good I'm glad that they got rid of the guy I can't fathom jerking off in front of a person into a potted plant I can't it's, yeah. it's fathom that, that it's so weird there's so many things that have been uh, sort of brought up lately that are behaviors that are I can't understand them a lot, a lot of the stuff that really was rubbing up on girls' legs until he came. Did you realize how uncomfortable that is? Yeah, I mean, it's that like, is really in in kinkos and stuff like that. In kinkos, that's, yeah, that, that's all frauderism. the different places frauderism. he would just try to hit on girls and stuff. Uh, I've it's didn't even really like crazy. That much, so so now it's going to come out, and there, and we should be able to you you're in you and your comedian friends should be able to poke fun at it, and we all should laugh, and in that laughter comes and understanding but i think that it's not even okay to laugh anymore at certain things oh they're not there are people that 
There are people, uh, a perfect example, um, David Cross. Did you guys see what happened to him? I heard about it. He got in trouble for what what he said was a joke. It was a little bit of a fucked up joke if it was a joke. But, but, he, but people been saying wait, wait, fucked wait, up jokes say? for decades. I, that was and the no point one of jokes. Them. Yeah, it was it was he was I look, I would never blame and by the way, I don't think David Cross is a racist at all. I don't I don't think he's even remotely close to a racist. His wife is a social justice warrior. Yeah. Amber Tamberlin is the one who's been at the front of the Me Too thing. She's on NPR every other day. Yeah. She's going out and doing press for these rapes. And she's married to a rapist? No no he racist. met an Asian chick. A racist. A ra- <laughs> See, it's so which, hard. Which one do you want to be, racist or rapist? I'm going racist. Yeah. Really? Pick your lane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can definitely, as long as white people accept me. <laughs> can I, wait, I have a theory about this that I want to run by you guys. Right. But 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 I, I, he met Michael Sarah's girlfriend, who's a comedian. Uh, she's Asian. You've probably seen her in a couple movies. Uh, she's a pretty famous actor, but she wasn't at the time. And he said to made something fun of her jeans, and then said, uh, "Ching chong, ching chong." You know, oh, yeah. speak English or whatever. And then, and then he was like, "Oh, did I just make you mad? Are we gonna karate fight?" Uh, like, it's it's this is David Cross. Yeah, David Cross. It's, it's something, dumb, by the way, dumb I, stuff. It's for the moment. Stuff. It's it, and probably drinking at a bar, trying to make light of it. By the way, well in the spectrum of anything I would do. Like I'm not. Well, I he wasn't would, on stage. No, it was just it was him and hanging well, out. Well, as long as we're movie. you know trying to raise awarenesses, I mean the the ching chong ching is deeply offensive to yeah. Chinese Americans, and so he hit the wrong chord. I mean, that's, yeah. you know that's a that's a problem. But she came out and slammed him on Twitter and said he's a racist. He's a hopefully he's better. You'd think he'd know better. And then he came out and was like, I don't know. I don't remember this for one. Number two, if I did do it, I must have been doing my racist character. That does this. I would. Do, I was doing not only that. What I don't like about all this is like he. If he, let's say he came on and said, "Geez, I thank you for telling. I had no idea. I've deeply yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, what I'm not just I'm sorry, sorry. I'm mortified, and it will never happen again. I probably, you can't do that. No, you just have to be your head chopped off. Goodbye. You're dead. Yeah. you're dead. You're oh, gone. He, That's just, the part I don't like about this. People the, need to learn and grow. How the hell we're we gonna? If this is what change is, no, we but, need to but all change. Like, to not, get to the point of comedians, Chappelle stood there in oh. the face of silence. And just kept going and yeah. kept going oh. on that beat on He's that untouchable. Bit. He's untouchable. He he can say things okay. that Okay. Well You ready for this? You ready for my theory? Yeah. yeah. This is my theory. Okay. This is half cocked. I know I've said some fucked up things on this podcast. But this is gonna be the worst? Is this might be. Oh, it sh- might be. Oh, thanks for doing it. Because he's so stoned he can get away with it. Uh, and nope. you're trying to promote your own now, stone. Here's, here's it, Bob. We're gonna be held responsible for not <laughs> for not killing him or taking <laughs> yeah. him on or somehow saying something to whatever he's about to say. It's I feel so, so we thing, I'm gonna, I think. whatever <laughs> it's gonna be, we're in trouble too, because there's no way we could respond well enough in people's minds. We would have to, to walk out as soon as he says it, right? What is the right thing to do when he says the most offensive I, thing? I, I, I don't know. Because that's the problem. I, I know. I know how I want to start it now. I want to start it so that if it gets grabbed for a screen bite, it can, that is a good thought, Drew. Let me reiterate it. <laughs> um, here's my theory. Okay, uh, go with it. Oppressed people hmm. take care of their own. Okay, uh, white people because they've felt no oppression, identify with oppression and want to rat people out. So th- as a white person, you are like. R. Kelly, the black community isn't going to go after R. Kelly because they've felt too much oppression from the outside, right. and they don't feel like that's their job to go after okay. them. Okay, that's interesting. Um, 
I, I heard a story one time that rabbis were molesting boys in, in uh, Park Slope or wherever yes, the Jewish community. That was a big story. But that they were keeping it inside their own community because of the distrust they had via the Holocaust. They well, didn't not just wanna... the Holocaust. The, Jew, the yeah. Jewish heritage all the way back from the Egyptian stuff is, is very much that way. So they were keeping it in their own community. And I think the same thing happened with Michael Jackson and and with 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 all these things. And I feel like Dave Chappelle will never get in trouble because he will always have black people behind him because no matter what he does they're going no 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 he's one of us we got well him. but aren't the white people afraid of attacking him or criticizing him p- 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 in particular white liberals racist. white liberals dude right? he, he was his last special was extremely dated i won't say it was homophobic i won't say he was homophobic or any of that because i watched it and i understood it I understood what he was trying to do. in Texas? Yeah, and, but it was a little dated in the way you'd refer to a person of transgender as just a tranny yeah. or a dude with a dick or like, like you just don't speak like that. But Chappelle did it. And, he, and by the way, he just was like, yeah, you can go fuck yourself. That's how I talk. And everyone's like, well, you know, he is, you know, he is black. <laughs> that, that's what everyone said. I mean, no, no. Well, like, how come Chris Rock doesn't get away with it? Because he's black. No, Chris Rock gets away with it. He could Not never, as much as Chappelle does. Black guys go on ESPN and go, I don't know. I just think being gay is a sin. And they don't say a fucking word. Clinton Portis went on TV and said, ain't nothing but a dog fight. Like they get, a, there is a, there is a wholehearted double pass, standard, a double saying. standard when it comes to uh, uh, what you say versus, now, now by the way, Donald Trump's gotten away with all of this. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm wrong. You can pick apart this theory, but I have noticed that like, you see a difference. Like hip hop still talks horrifically about women, and and by the way, I, and I, this is also part of this statement, and it's coming out, and I'm I'm going to say it, but like it, but like I noticed that not a lot of black chicks are coming out and saying they've been sexually harassed. It's a lot of white chicks. Now, now the one girl said she was raped by Harvey Weinstein, was a French actress who was back Lupita, Lupita, yeah. but but it's like I'm noticed that like no one on Empire has been sexually harassed, which you know. Which, by the way, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that actor had uh, a rape charge on him from a t- movie he did. Uh, that that guy, the lead of Empire. Mm-hmm. I'm, once again, hearsay. I don't know, but so, I think so. But but let's let's be honest. Media is controlled by liberals and elitists. But they're right? going to go after so the they Harvey Weinstein. Only going to go the, after the, the narratives. The narrative, the narrative. Fit for them. Yeah. I mean, like look at. I mean, look at a little bit of the double let's standard. Let's talk about Toback for a second, because I, I don't even know what he looked like until today. Oh, he looks like Dude, a creepy kid rock. he looks like a guy in a peep show 25 cent lobby. Yeah. He's so, de- right? he, is, he is So who casting. would meet him at a Kinko's or at a Starbucks or whatever and have him come up and say, hey, baby, I know Robert Downey yeah, and Jr. and go back to a hotel with him? Yeah. Me. <laughs> I would, I've definitely been put in those situations. Oh, 100%. With, with gay men? Uh, with... Any kind of, I've done, I've just, this business is so confusing to navigate from your side. Like, you know, people go, oh, uh, once you get on the other side of the camera, like, you know, I always wanted to be in a room for a casting just to see what it was like to watch someone audition yeah. so I could audition better. But you, once you're, when, if you're never on that side, you're always doing everything blindly. And so when someone says to you, uh, Elliot Gould asked me to go to dinner one night and I literally was like, he must be gay. He must want to fuck me. And he was I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. I call my dad and he, I go, what do I do? And he goes, eat shit, cash jack, you show up. He's like, look, if you can't get Elliot Gould off you, then maybe he deserves to have you. And so, so I, and I, I pushed it off. I was like, no, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I didn't say that. I was like, oh, I'm busy. I wish I'm going to be in New York. Oh, I wish. And then finally he's like, are we going to do this or not? And I was like, 
okay and so we went and then we just had dinner that's all we just had dinner and then even at the end of dinner i was like he's not gonna try to kiss me or anything like like i've been <laughs> waiting for this that and the other thing i noticed is that he drive drew, drove a car that was less expensive than mine and i was like i think i'm blowing through my cash <laughs> <laughs> yeah he had like yeah. a really a thirteen thousand dollar car there's a lot like, of cars out in front who are all those cars my wife's a redneck. Some, cement mixers <laughs> yeah my wife's a redneck <laughs> but like i definitely if james toback they said hey james toback wants to meet you um and I've gone to hotel rooms and I've done coke with guys that had projects that I didn't want to do coke. I didn't want to drink with them. But if the coke is there and I'm like, fuck it, I'm a party animal. Okay, one little baby line. Like, I'll, I'll, like, all these girls' stories. For your career. For your every career. Fucking one of these For girls, your children, actually. Actually, for your children. I've smoked bro. pot for my children. I, I did. <laughs> I've done, I have done drugs when I didn't want to do drugs for my career. I'm going to a I'm, funeral I'm a, I don't a, want to go to tonight. Now we, you're pulling the drug counselors out of us right now. Yeah, that a, is the biggest bullshit uh, in no, the world. No, I have done shots for my career. I have snorted coke for my career. I have done all of it because <laughs> because I can't say no. And I don't want to be the guy that lets them down. I must scare the shit out of people because I haven't seen any of this stuff. Oh, do. Any Drew, no one's offering you a line of coke to get on your show. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know. That would maybe James Hope. No, but right? I mean, I've never seen any of this. Stuff. Maybe mm. back in the day, in I was radio, in the, way I was back in the Argyle in the day. Hotel, back when it was the Argyle, uh, in the in the penthouse room uh, with a, a, a producer and a writer and a manager. The manager was a girl; she was really attractive. And uh, you take a private elevator up to the penthouse, and we get up, and they're like, well, "We're this is before the." Uh, uh, right after, right around the Oliver Stone deal with the options of my rights of my life to make a movie about me, and they're like, "We love this script. We love everything about it. We just don't have an ending." And they have a the mound of coke. Well, what I consider a mound, I think anyone else would be like, "That's not as big as I thought it would be." I was like, uh -huh. "That's a lot of coke." And so I'm doing coke, and with them, they're like, "You do, you do a line, right?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Just peer pressure, but no backbone, no no part You're of me. Peer pressure in your late thirties. I was twenty seven at the time oh okay and so I, i'm doing a couple lines and then i i start getting panicked i'm in the bathroom and i realize oh they're trying to kill, kill me you. that's how the yeah. end of this no that makes sense to how me. this oh. movie ends and no, so I, maybe you jump out the window of the argyle hotel i just got into the private elevator went down and just walked and i walked and i ran into marky mark oddly enough in a yankees cap or maybe it was a boss cap but i, thought, I swear to god i thought it was a yankees cap and a uh wife beater or not a wife beater a, a v-neck white shirt i walked on him Walking down Sunset, I just walked right past him. I was like, Marky Mark. And he was like, eh, and just kept walking. And I was also pretty high. But uh, but <laughs> like, I, 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 I empathize like with these women who, you like, Harvey Weinstein goes, come to my room. Yeah. I like, and like, you know, I, I've got whatever that gene is, that, that no backbone gene where you do stuff you don't want to do. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the worst thing? What's, what's the one thing you did in this career that you didn't want to do, but you did it to get the gig? I I, had, I don't, can't think of anything like that. I guess you're a doctor. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you could also just be a doctor or not be in this business. Right, exactly. I could and, just point out, you you did love lines for years and years for free, basically. Yeah, I did for free at the end, and I didn't really want to do that, but I did it so everyone else had their job and stuff. I mean, that didn't, you know, a little he's different. a great guy. <laughs> Isn't he a great guy? He would never say that, but that is badass what he just you, said. That's, that is really fucking phenomenal. Well, here's the the folklore. Driving was, there four nights a week from Pasadena to Culver City <laughs> for no money. Five nights a week. It was. It was I, oh, barely, Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday, last Monday, couple of years, uh, it was just nuts. five nights a week. Just I wouldn't even do it for the drive. <laughs> Fuck those people. They need to get new jobs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would have just paid. I would and, just and I also like, I also liked staying in touch with what was going on out there in the world and hearing the stories and so I, mean, I enjoyed it. Bert's trying to take it in right now. Let him take yeah, it in. I, I, I tried to get out of doing my own podcast for for free. <laughs> In the early days, when this wasn't monetized, I remember being like, what the fuck am I doing this for? And it's in my backyard. (laughs) I did did originally the love line for like 10 years for free, but that was one night a week. Yeah. And and that was really just got that was interesting and public service different. But then at the end. Did you listen to it then? Of course. That was great. But then the very, very. Bob used to be on it back then. Sunday night. Yeah. I remember, uh, I've been a fan of love line for a very long time. My buddy Lorenzo used to, was one that turned me on to because I didn't grow up out here, mm. and he used to do his runs, uh, his his runs to drop off photos at the time Loveline started because he was a photographer, and so he'd be like, "Come on, let's go drop off photos. You can listen to Loveline with me." And I was like, I remember being like, "Ah, I don't really listen to the radio because I grew up in Florida. Yeah. Like we didn't really have much radio. We had Ron and Ron. That was it. What part of Florida? Tampa. And uh, we were on in Tampa. How old, Thanks. Uh, how old are you? No, 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 no. How but old are you? Forty-four. Did you know Doc Gooden? When you were growing up? Uh, uh, yeah. I didn't know him personally, but yeah. He's doing great. Is back he? Back on track. Oh, yeah. for real? Okay. Back on track. Good. I just saw him and Daryl Strawberry. I know. In the 30-30 thing? Jeez. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he, we've been, Did you, I, good. I was worried he had TB, because we, right back when we treated him as Slubby Rehab. Yeah, he, as soon as all that other stuff doing. stops, you'd be amazed at how healthy he becomes. Okay, it's amazing right. how quick your body bounces back when you stop Even at 44, boozing. yeah, you're about the same Did, age as him. Oh, Yeah. I think he's, he's a he's a little older. He might he's might he's be forty. He's younger than me. I'm fifty six. He's a great guy. He's the greatest guy yeah. ever. Doc Gooden is. Uh, I remember. So him. he's from Tampa. You must have yeah, heard he, the legend of Doc. Gooden. I've known Doc Gooden. Uh, I know Doc Gooden. I knew his brother, his cousin Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield. Uh, they had a Gary Sheffield's cousin. Yeah, yeah the they Dodger? grew up together. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. And so Doc would come to our baseball field in his red Corvette uh-huh. and. Uh, he got busted and out and beaten by the Tampa police in that Corvette. Yeah. He would Ugh. just show up at our field and be like, and we'd be like, oh shit, it's not good. And we'd just all go get autographs. He was older than me, but not by much. He was like 18 years old when he was throwing for the pitching for, yeah. for the Mets. Oh, Mets, Mets, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm amazed at like, uh, so that's been Tampa my biggest. as bad as he describes it growing up? Is it just horrible t- I, childhood? My friends. Are if either. it weren't for baseball, he says it would just be, it was just nothing. He Oof. grew up in a rough area, too. He grew up in Hillsboro. He still loves it there. Oh, still so goes great. back there. Do you go back there? Oh, fuck yeah. What the fuck is wrong with in people, Tampa? Drew? Oh, I love it. Like, like if I grew city. up in a Tampa, Florida, and I describe it like like Doc's described it to me, I would never go there ever again. Do you, do you again remember what I did? I went to get Sierra, Jessica Sierra, out of prison. Who's yeah. Jessica Sierra? She uh, another the, girl that was on Celebrity Rehab. She was our first scene in Celebrity Rehab. And she, and she was ended like, up in Florida jail. And she was like one of the winners of uh, American Idol or something. I remember Jessica two. Sierra. Yeah. And we, she was like a little, she gained a little bit of weight, but she's a blonde girl. And, yeah. And uh, I, she got wasted, relapsed, and tried to blow a cop, and you know, just got real on, all on camera and stuff, and she got yeah, arrested. That's and, something Bert would do. And I went down there, and <laughs> right? I was just like, I, I just, I just go. If you thought it would get you out of was, the arrest, oh no, I, would I, you I, do it? I've done it, but I wasn't even getting arrested. I was like, hey man, I'm a sucker for guys in uniform. <laughs> but, uh, but listen, because she was like, I'll do anything. Let me out of here. I'll do anything for you. Let me, let me do this. And so that oh, was yeah, all I remember wasted. This girl. Is she doing okay now? Uh, she had a couple kids since those yeah, days, she and she's had, last time she's doing very well. But um, but but I went down there to try to get on. I'm telling the judge. The judge was freaking Yosemite Sam. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was like 
son, what, what, what you, you want her to go to some fancy re- retreat or something? He's like, why should I send? And he goes, honey, ch- child, what were you doing in Ebor City? I was like, what's Ebor City? What is Ebor City? What's Ebor City? Ebor City is the old part of Tampa that the Cubans settled that is the party central. That's where everyone goes to party. And 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 he just dressed me down. I'm like, yeah. hey, I go, look, I'm just, look, I go, you send this girl to prison. That's the end of Jessica Sierra. I think that's it. This, this, is, this is a chance. You give me a chance to help her. I think we can do something here. And he just was yelling. and It's like Yosemite Sam. I oh. was going to pull out a couple pistols and start waving them around. So you uh, it was grew crazy. up there and you still have fond memories and go back there? Oh, I love it. But what do I, you love about it? Uh, there is a dirtiness of it. <laughs> like, oh there's yeah, a, there's a real dirtiness to it that like, like you don't. What's weird about Tampa is it looks kind of shiny and new on the outside, but yeah. just I've underneath. Been there it a is, couple of times. It, it doesn't have sidewalks in the residential streets, right? There's just lawn and Oof. and then the road. No, they've got sidewalks in there. But is that where a lot Ted Bundy killed a lot of people? Uh, no, that was Gainesville. That's where I Gainesville was. and Tallahassee. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gainesville does Florida not have sidewalks. <laughs> much like California's Ted three. Bundy wouldn't even go to Tampa? No. <laughs> much like Florida's California's three or four different states, Florida is three or four different states. There's, there's Florida is southern middle. Everything's globally different. Yeah, Jacksonville's southern. different than Tallahassee, is different than Gainesville, different, different than Tampa. Nothing's like Orlando. Yeah. And then you go to West Palm. That's like almost like a New York y vibe. And then, Wy- and then Miami's then different. Miami's, yeah. Miami's a, a global community. And then how about going to Panama City? Which is like what is that? That belongs to Florida? Dude, yeah. I, I never I never thought drinking and driving was really that illegal growing up. Like there was, it was not uncommon to to have a, a to see someone with a beer in their lap driving their car. Like that was just wasn't a big deal. Um, and I knew it was illegal, but it wasn't like. And and I'm I'm even older. Like, but, but I all my friends are either sober, dead, uh, or or a mess. Like you, That's when nice. you run into one of your friends, you you hope he's sober because. Like the the a lot of them are just so, like drugs were something that um, that was like. But you know what? It's let me say something. You know, we started this conversation lamenting the mob mentality and how people are the mob is eating itself now. It's no wonder this was the that was the average life of somebody growing up in an average part of the United States. No wonder they became adults with envy and aggression. Dude, no envy, wonder envy is what it is. Yes. It's like you look on people's Instagram. No, but you Instagrams. got people pleasing. That's why you're a success. People pleasing is a very underappreciated. No, no, Bob, you're going uh, off topic. It's a, we we no wonder we have mobs because we went through we've been through this incredibly weird, traumatic, limitless, boundaryless time we called the 1970s and 80s. Yeah. And and people now are adults and trying to like get it back together, and they're doing it by acting out in mobs. Am, am I am I right? I I've, I feel like the mob mentality is a way to be. Um, I feel like there's a lot of powerlessness in this yeah. world. Yeah, people look at their in lives, this country. Yeah, in this country, Especially, I should yeah, say yeah, this yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, because I I do follow some people in Australia, and it seems like these people, and it seems like they're very happy. Like they don't want for much more than that, what they have. Look, it, I, I, I found myself satisfied. watching the Mexican sit yeah. Mexican. Uh, no, tr- novellas, those the drama novellas, yeah. because they're just so everyone's just who they are. <laughs> it's like oh, they—that's a man, that's a woman. They're they're oh. and oh, they just they relate, they don't relate, and everything's very simple. But I think you two are probably anomalies. But I'll say from me, and I think I'm a pretty regular guy. Like there is a part of me, and I have a very successful life. I have a very happy life. There's a part of me that was like, so I guess I'll never own an island. 
Like, like it's never enough. Like, like I was, like, I was like, I always thought I'd own an island, you know, or like Oof. I always thought I'd get a boat. I'd have a boat by this time in my life. And so there's a. I can't imagine what it's like if you, if you're still in Tampa. Or, yeah, if you're still <laughs> if you're still in Tampa and you and you're in this cycle of of uh, of I'm not getting really out of this. I'm not this. Nothing's getting at me out of this. Like in my small attempts of sobriety, I will notice that there is um, there is a little less shimmer on everything when you're sober. A little less of the, hey man, this is really fucking awesome. You got to really look for it. Like I went to a, a luau with my daughter sober, and I just remember thinking, like, so this is it. Like this is as good as it's gonna, like. Just I'm not shitting on it, but to th- it doesn't get any better than right now. Like there's. That's you missing alcohol, though. But the, Straight yeah, up. But but I can't imagine being someone who maybe like owns a, a fencing company in Tampa. Can you believe that I don't really think about well, alcohol? I live in that that thing that you live in with alcohol. Yeah. That exists. If I went to a luau, I would, I, I did go to some thing like that, and I thought, God, how long am I going to be here? Then I met some, you know, because right away I'm like, oh my God, yeah. three hours of this? But as soon Thank as I you, met a I couple felt. of interesting dads, yeah. I just sat and talked with them, and then it was well, just like it's time point. to go. We have lost track of the fact that the very essence and meaning of life and even spirituality exists in other people, in relationships. That, that's where we find meaning. That's where we find happiness. We find everything. And instead, we're finding uh, okay. an opportunity to aggressively act out. I'm going to go topic adjacent on this okay at my luau i saw a mom uh whacked out on pills oh yeah I and i derived joy in going oh thank god that's not me like i i literally not joy but i went my my night got brighter when i was like oh thank god i'm not drinking you're so lucky you're not me because you know what happens to me in that situation one of the guys i'm talking to goes hey Talk Can you to go her. talk to yeah. her? Yeah, and I'm yeah, yeah. like, Jesus, I'm at a luau with my kid talking to yeah. you about I the Dodgers. All day long. <laughs> but, but I would argue that the, a lot of what you're feeling is just early. It takes not, time. Early not really? drinking. Yeah. That, that sort of, a lot of that, if, six months from now, were you to, were you to elect? To I got continue, nine more days left, Drew. Were you to elect <laughs> to do that? Hey, by the way, how is the flying? Uh, it's not. Uh, it's Are you taking Xanax on no, the flight? No, no, no pills. No, he's nothing. he's sober, sober. And by the way, and I and I wanted to. I wanted to go on with Rogan with you and hear his thing too. I really wanted to do that. Um, he's we uh, you really should. We're going in. I won't say when we're going in, but we're going in the very beginning of November and and. The four of us are doing it. People are I, always asking for me to talk to Joe because because they think we're at odds. We're not. No, you're not. And I think I think this month has been very interesting for all of us independently and yeah. as a group. And I'd love to hear the different experiences. I think it'd be fascinating. I, I can give you a rundown of everyone's experience. Yeah. Joe is the first one to balk. Like, and that's that's very. I'm not sharing any secrets. To balk. Like when we said we're doing this. Oh, he didn't want to. He was like Ari and Tom said. You know, if we're giving up. If Bert's giving up booze, we should give up weed. Weed's never really been my thing. Although I do long for it a tad bit now yeah. more than I ever have. Um, but <laughs> so they said, let's do no weed. And so we sent an email around and a text. And maybe Joe didn't get it or maybe he got it and ignored it. But then when the days came closer, he was like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck you. How am I going to enjoy my food? Like, and we were like, and I think all of us were like, yo, I think you actually might have a problem. <laughs> and, yeah. and then he uh, didn't, we all started joking and attacking each other online. And then he like came out and was like, hey man, just so you guys know, I didn't want to, and I think there's a lot more stakes for Joe in this, but he was like, I didn't want to, I was going to surprise you guys at the end, but I haven't really smoked weed in 10 days is when he came out to us. Yeah. And we were like, really? And he was like, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to do this with you guys. I'm not going to smoke weed. 
And, and he like, felt a lot better. And then he called me independently and yeah. we started talking. And I said, you know, his thing was like, I, hadn't, I, I haven't been on stage not high in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying not smoking weed. Not, he goes, and I really think I need to take breaks like this. My perspective was identical to Joe's in that I would always say I didn't drink on stage, but I definitely brought a drink on stage. And if things weren't going the way I wanted them to, I would just make sure I drank a little faster. Mm-hmm. And then it would just everything, the, 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 the sharpness of not doing great would just edge off the sides. And so I started saying to Joe, I was like, yeah, I feel really great going on stage too. And I'm, I feel like I'm writing more and I feel like I'm present. The one thing that has not been going for me well is I've been got I've gotten a lot more introspective and a lot quieter. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> because I just I I told I told Halston when I met him I said hey man just you know this isn't me like I'm just really quiet because I I don't like if I'm drinking I I overcompensate for things I feel like I'm, I don't know what it is but yeah it happens it's I just got a lot quieter and like I go into a club and they'd be like hey did you, did you have a good time and I was like I had a great time and they're like yeah but we didn't like. Because I'm such a boisterous person when I'm drinking that I'm in the bar. I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, and I'm not hammered. I'm sober. So they don't see when I'm not drinking. I just go in, sit in the green room, do my show, and then get off stage and go home. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then Ari had a meltdown. Uh, Ari had, Ari was the time that we all started texting with each other independently. But we before like, you stopped or after? In the middle. He, he's out what, of it now. But what's, he had a, a, what's the drug of choice? Weed. Oh. Weed. It can be rough. And he was like, he was like, he started attacking us independently. Yeah. <laughs> and they, get like very, they get very paranoid sometimes when, when they're going through those first few weeks. And so Ari kind of melted down. Tom hasn't had... Tom barely does anything. Uh, I think it would have been better if we had made him stop spending money. That's a <laughs> big problem. No more Porsches, Tom. Oh, but... Uh, but And so, oddly enough, out of all of us, I had probably the least amount of withdrawal. They, I remember they were like, you know, you need a doctor. No, because you were binging. You weren't You weren't continuously. More than you no. thought you were, but I, yeah. I didn't expect you. We, we talked about this. I literally, yeah. though I took my last drink Saturday, or Saturday, Saturday morning, like at yeah. two in the morning or whatever, and, and what you would call it. Didn't drink all day Saturday, went on stage that Saturday. Woke up Sunday and it just felt good. I, like I never, I never really had like a detox per se. In, in a weird way, being able to control it is sort of well, a, pot's a way curse. Well, pot, yeah. pot, pot, and depression go side by side. Yeah. So really, maybe in theirs is coming out as aggression towards each other, and they're kind of, you know, depression focused outward is yeah. anger and lashing out. It's but it's. I wish that uh, I wish that I didn't. I, there's a lot of things I wish that I had had insight as a kid that I had done differently. Um, what? Drew's going for what he's addicted yeah, yeah. to, right there, those are, baby. Those are the uh, Reese's Pieces, just so you know. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, but like, you know, I married myself to alcohol and this partying lifestyle in comedy. Now, I, I don't think I... I had I've had a lot of uh, oh this is almost too much information to kind of process but I have a lot of sobriety has brought me a lot of survivor's remorse you know Ralphie passed and and then you start looking and then I'm I'm doing really well in my career right now and you start looking at your friends that are that you've always been on the same level at that maybe aren't and then you start going like and then you start going like it is this weird branding of like I'm this big party animal I'm a big fun guy I robbed the train in Russia I drank so hold on so you're weird you're fearful that the reason you're ahead of some of these people is is the partying is is this is party brand like it's it's you know everything needs to change and shift though maybe it's time to change and shift the brand well Jonah no I, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to do that like I don't know where I'm at emotionally 
Like I, I, one of the things Joe and I have been talking about is like, is like, if you try to overthink things like that, then you're you're fucking killing yourself. Well, like, but, you the, just, but you just, especially at this stage, I mean, one of the things that pretty much everybody complains about when they first stop using substances is, oh my god, I'm having these feelings, lots of them, and I don't dig it so much. I don't, yeah. And that's that's why you're using to suppress feelings, like you said. Even if it's just when you're on stage and suppressing the, you know, mm. not going so well, you manage it with something outside your body to put in your body. Now you I, just got to be with the feelings. Being with feelings is really tough. Uh-huh. But uh, but I don't. It's but it's I've I've done it so little in my life as an what? adult, not drink that it's so uh, it's almost like a vacation. It's real. I'll tell you the nicest thing about this is it's been nice. To not have to drink, like to, I'm going to this funeral later tonight, well, and I love that. Can you I'm, talk about that? No, nah, no, nah, nah. yeah, yeah, we can. I don't, nah. don't, he's dead. Do you, do you know who Ralphie May is? <laughs> Who's that? Ralphie May. No. He, he by the way, my very favorite comedian. Oh my god, he's. I think people slept on how fucking talented he was. Oh, I've seen die? him. Ta- I've what seen him take a room of? of a thousand people and have them like like waves of like people just falling over, dying in laughter. Yes. It's, I've never seen anybody else do that. Did you know Ralphie? He was like uh, 600 uh, pounds. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Yeah. Stress <laughs> test. He was on a stress test. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> do we know what he died of? Uh, we don't. Yeah. But they say pneumonia. <laughs> right, which... Yeah. See? Told yeah. you. Yeah, he Could have happened to me. Yeah. It was happening to me. He was... Uh, I think his... I think... You know... Young, healthy adults don't die of pneumonia. They just don't. He's also... I'm an I don't old, know unhealthy adult. I don't what? know how healthy he was because he was 500 Just, pounds, yes. but... He wasn't but, that big. You've gone from six to five. He was more like 380. Yes, he was no. more... He, he must yes, close, he was. He, more than 400 pounds? Really? He could You don't know how much it takes to be 400. Yeah, 600, you're not walking, really. He's Oh, for real? No, nah, it's generally, I would yeah, think. Yeah, maybe 600. I've seen my 600-pound life. Maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> how are you measuring how big somebody is? Let's just get inside I, Bert's brain of how much somebody weighs. Basically, okay, for real, honestly, yeah. uh, 13 years ago, he was on Tough Crowd at Comic with Colin Quinn, and the guy I was sitting next to watching it said, he's 600 pounds. <laughs> that, that is how I've been measuring it. <laughs> and he made a mental time. note and put that away and filed God, it. He was he's, funny. I went. I, list, I watched a couple of his specials on Netflix just in homage. Just to, yeah. uh, you know. He did a joke. The last time I was with him, we were on a cruise ship. I mean, it was the last time I was with him, but last time we did a, we really hung out together. He was on a cruise ship and he did a joke about, uh, I, I, I've been looking for it online and I can't find it, about having a medium-sized dick and how much better it is than having a big dick. See, you ladies that got the big dick, You, when a guy gets done with you, your pussy like your pussy lips look like a horse trying to reach for a sugar cube. <laughs> and I fucking was doubled over. At, like, And he, the thing that's so great about Rafi is he had nine of those and they were all throwaways. Yeah. And the one that he closed with was the one he had written that he liked. He, he added all his throwaways in there. But yeah, and the uh, throwaways has people dying in the room. The room, he, he 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 throws them out in such a way that people can't quite catch their breath. Oh no, player! Oh, oh, they got fat bastard. What if they have black bastard? Huh? I'm talking black. I'm talking Patrick Ewan black. I'm talking eggplant black. I'm talking so black. You throw salt on his face, it looks like deep space. I'm talking so black, like he would just hammer you yeah, yeah. with a million of them, and they were. I mean, he would say things that in passing that would be like, I'm talking, I don't want, I want the kind of, I want, I want to date a black chick, but I want that Oprah beat her and she can make a pan of biscuits black. Like, 
Like he was just. I'm talking CC from Color Purple. You know, but, he but, was just so good. But it, he was just delivering an old boy, sort of like he was sitting around a fire in the South, you know, telling a story kind of delivery. Yeah, and then he he just hit you over the head with some giner talk. And when did he die? That was the end of that. It a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was right when I started Sober October, and so I was Sober October, and so. Uh, I had a, like maybe five days under my belt, and um, and I was at a table sitting with my wife and her best friend, our best friend, and we were talking about how, her husband's a real hard ass, like he's like a man, man's man, <laughs> and, and we're like, have you ever seen Tom cry? And she's like, oh, I've definitely seen Tom cry. And she's like, have you ever seen Bert cry? And Leanne's like, uh, Bert cries all the time. <laughs> she's like, he cries when he watches the Time Traveler's Wife, and I go, I do. And then Joey Diaz called me. And I said, hold on, it's Joey. And I said, hello. And he's like, dog, you sitting down? And I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. And he goes, I don't even need to tell you. Uh-huh. And I went, he died. And he was like, he did. And I started uh-huh. crying right there. And they're like, wow, look, he's doing it again. Uh-huh. And I was like, and uh-huh. then Leanne's like, oh, maybe we should make fun of this. It's probably something real. But yeah, and so his funeral's tonight. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to go to it. At the comedy store or something? At the well, at the improv, which is fucked yeah. up. Because they should have it at the like the, everything about this funeral is rubbing me wrong. <laughs> it's at the wrong it's club. At the wrong club. It's like <laughs> Ralphie. I mean, he did the improvs on the road, but like usually, if you saw him, he was at the store, the Laugh Factory. Where is everybody can stand in the parking lot and on Melrose? <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. Hmm. And so, you ever uh, go down there? Where? Like the difference between the main room at the comedy store and the entire block that the improv's on, it's about the same size. Why would yeah. they do it down there? Maybe to keep it private and small or something. They're trying to keep it small, but yeah. uh, I think. But those things are never healthy. Do you like, watch I'm Dying Up Here, the TV show? I started it. Uh, I stopped halfway because I like Andrew Santino, but I didn't like his character. Uh, how about The Deuce? You watching that? No. Is it Ooh, good? Yeah, it's about New York in the early 70s. Really? Some of the stuff we've been talking about tonight keep had me thinking about that show. Like what? what like what I can't remember now, but I remember it's thinking. The porn oh, industry, right? Yeah. Well, it's about. It's really about Times Square in the 70s. Yeah, Times yeah. Square. That's crazy. No, yeah. I haven't I haven't watched The Deuce. Uh I watched a show. Oh, I know. Because we were. Sesame you watch know, no, no, Sesame Street lately? That's all I watch. Uh, I've no, been Bobby's beating Bob because I'm sober. <laughs> it, it's because I was coming down on the 70s. That, that's why I was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, Deuce yeah. Is, is what the 70s felt like. I swear to God. I never, I don't remember. I remember 70s in Florida were really racist. I just remember like 79, 78, 79. When was, was Wallace? 72, George Wallace? 72? When he was shot? With yeah. George Wallace. Huh? Which George Wallace? Wait, one there was shot. One when he wasn't. ran for president, he was shot. Uh, I think that was 68. Was it really it was that Nixon. Early? It was against Nixon, right? He was shot? Yeah, he got shot. You you're not. You're thinking of the comedian George Wallace. I am Wallace. thinking no, of the comedian George Wallace. No, I'm talking about a politician from <laughs> a the A white crowd. guy. It was a racist white Speaking guy. Speaking of oh, racism. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. He was Wait, like, how was he shot? And Florida was a big part. He was Alabama, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that whole, that whole world that's still the Rust Belt Trump world... That was George Wallace, and he he stirred all those. He kept stirring up all those racial yeah. fires through throughout. Those the, racial fires are still there. Like down I, there. I, I, oh, if yeah. you looked at my Facebook feed, you'd be like, "Oh, I, I think you're just uh, you're signaling. You're you're signaling racism. You don't you're, realize you're it. sending a dog whistle. Is that that's, it? That's the latest little aphorism. It's like it's a dog whistle <laughs> to the racist. Then then they'll start attacking you for for using the dog whistle." Really? Yeah. No, but you're saying there is racism. There. Oh, there's definitely racism in the South. If you look at my face, and is feed, it bad? Is racism bad, Bert? I mean, <laughs> not not if it saves your life. Like, like, what? like. I mean, like, 
there's certain situations where I where I where profiling and I think which is a subset of racism. Oh yeah, could racism. save your life. I mean, like literally save your life. Like, I mean, I correct. I, I guess so, but it doesn't profile. It doesn't have to be a racial thing necessarily. But it's, you profile all the time. Like I, I do, I do all kinds of assessing of people. Assessing. Yeah, I'll give and you an example. Racism, this is the LA right? racism, if you want to call it that. Okay. So I drive everywhere. I've driven to Tarzana. I live in Claremont. I've been to Hollywood. Yeah. All right, in one day. So I'm driving all the time. Somebody really does something I don't agree with. Let's say on the road. I haul ass, get next to them. When I look over and it's a little gangbanger dude, I'm like, oh, totally. Totally. I had no, just wanting to make sure you're okay. <laughs> right? yeah. if, you right? were, if you didn't have any racial undertones in your life, you would be like, fuck you, motherfucker. Is that right? what I'd say to the guy in the Subaru? But you're not in a Subaru. You're in a lowered. Like, I've definitely, I've definitely been cut off by people and going, pending on his culture, I'm going to say something. Yes. Like, I've, and there's been times where I, and, by the way, I only talk shit to white people. Like I <laughs> that's don't, right, that's like what I'm talking about. I don't fuck around that's with Asian, down. Mexican. I, the if Russians I'll avoid. If, oh, I, if it's a dude, Russian dude around West Hollywood, well, I'm like, the, no fucking... I'm I, I, so sorry, sir. Yeah. I didn't mean anything by my aggressive getting next to you at all. Oh, uh, So the Russians, I don't say it to. The, the Hispanic, I don't say it to. And blacks in certain parts of Los Angeles, I don't say it to, but Ooh, I will say it really, to. That's a testament of the times <laughs> that we live in, is that black people are now up with white people. You're like, no, 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 I can, I can, I can assess you quickly. No, it's, it's that we are, there's racism in our everyday life and we don't recognize it. Well, I think we also live in a community. This, by the way, is what we don't let Bob talk about on our podcast. We're <laughs> indulging him in this stuff. It's like, go ahead, Bob, talk politics, talk racial But the, I think in our community, it is so intermeshed. It's much like New York. New York, New York even more so because everyone's walking around together. Yeah. That I think you don't see that as much in Tampa where like I, I actually never i could count on my hands i can't say never i could count on my hands how many times i drove by where doc gooden grew up drove okay. by his house and you grew up there and i grew up there and by the way it was the shortcut to get downtown i would drive around it always why uh because you get you could get killed that was so I mean, some, by so the way somebody was profiling you when you came in there oh you didn't when you did not drive into black neighborhoods when i was a kid when I was 16, you didn't just drive into the black neighborhood. Somebody would shoot you? Or you get arrested for what the fuck are you looking for down here? Like you get pulled over by the cops. What the fuck right. are you looking for down here? And so. And you, some could, something could go wrong with the cops. Yeah. In yeah. that area of town. Yeah. Why would you come? Why would you come down? Why would you drive down Hillsborough? Drive on the other side of Nebraska? Why would you do that? I mean, I remember getting. We used to go down. Cause what are you doing in Ybor City? <laughs> Ybor City was sketchy when I was a kid growing up. No kidding. Yeah. Now it's not. It's been gentrified. But it, it's, it was scary as fuck. You never went to Ybor City at night, like. But I, I remember, always go to Ybor City at night. Oh, now, fuck yeah! <laughs> oh. But I was so oblivious to the fact, like, I was so oblivious to racism as a kid. Meaning, like, I almost uh, I loved hip hop, so I just assumed. I remember my buddy grew up in Port Tampa, which is is back then was the hood, and my other buddy, who's now a massively successful movie uh, TV TV producer who's Cuban was like come on we got to go pick him up he lives in Port Tampa let's go and i just drove in to this scariest neighborhood pulled in a, into a into a uh, what is a housing project and people just started surrounding the car and i was like i was oblivious i was like we're here to pick up dot 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 i'm not going to say his name cuz i'm sure he doesn't want to said but but we're here to pick up him and they'd be like 
oh, okay. But it like it was just, and so well, I guess so. That was so it was you being a fearful of of African Americans that made you believe you were going to get killed if you went in there. In reality, they're just curious. What are you doing here? Probably, probably. I don't know. I mean, I, I, the same thing happened in Tallahassee when I was in Tallahassee. My girlfriend was a was a social worker major, and so I would have to go pick her up. And man, I would. And maybe it's all imagined. Maybe it is all imagined. But I remember pulling up to pick her up and being like, oh, there are like 12 black dudes just sitting out on a stoop and they see me and then they just like stare at me and talk loud. And you're just like, and I guess maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, it's all in your head. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I do remember growing up that there were, you were told not to go into certain neighborhoods because you'd get hurt. I don't. I, I always went into them, and some most times everything's fine. Sometimes you get stabbed. Oh Jesus Christ! It's the truth. <laughs> Wait, don't like when you did so drugs. So if I went into, in I went into every bad yes, neighborhood did. in America for two decades for drugs. Yeah, for drugs. That's where you go to get drugs. You're walking in with cash money. Everybody who sees you in that neighborhood knows you have cash money. I'm talking about the worst parts of Baltimore, the worst parts of Richmond, Virginia, the worst parts of New Orleans, the worst parts of Los Angeles. Every day, and most of the time, nothing happened. A business transaction happened, and I went home. If something bad did happen, how did it go down? It was usually me acting like an asshole and not staying within the social norms. Really? Right. I one time I got ripped off. Shelly knows the story. I got ripped off for dope, right? And I just lost my mind at this dude and was losing my mind at all the drug deals in the street. Got out of my car. Next thing I knew, I felt, and I turned around. I was just covered in blood. And somebody came and shanked me and stabbed me in the back and pulled up. That's how they cut your kidney so you'll die somewhere else, right? And but that was me acting inappropriately, cussing out drug dealers. What'd you do? I went to Shelly's house and told her that I got stabbed. What do I do? And what'd you do? I couldn't go to the hospital because I had warrants out for my arrest. Oh, for so Christ's she sake. stitched what it do? up. What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> She's the smartest girl I knew, and she lived right near the, the drug. Is Shelly the, the girl that was on the show with us? Oh, she's so beautiful. And so another time I tried to rip off She'll drug dealers. Well, she's here. She runs a good Another program. time I tried to rip off drug dealers, oh tore away, you know, said, you know, three balloons or whatever, got them. Drove as fast as I could. They caught me, took me out of the car, beat me up. And I remember I had some Jean Gautier, the Gautier guy. I had sunglasses, Gautier sunglasses, and they took them. They beat me up and took my sunglasses. Well, you deserved it. And took. Well, that's what I'm saying about these bad neighborhoods. Like yeah. the the bad neighborhoods exist in certain yeah. parts of the United States, and they they are drug areas. And those I'm amazed drugs, they didn't kill you, huh? I, I, I'm amazed you didn't get killed. It's bad for business to kill people. Yeah. See your thing yeah, of right. getting killed. That I just was smiling because yeah. it's not true. They're not going to kill you. It's bad for business. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now that you say that, I go. I think to myself. <laughs> I was thinking horror stories, but that's... I, I wonder if, if the, the African-American kids down there at that age, and we're talking about when we were kids, yeah. really understood the fear that you had or why you had that fear. I, I, they may not. They may not have had any other than that they wanted to intimidate I'm you. I'm saying if you went good. down there and didn't act appropriately to the rules, if you weren't polite to them when they came up to your car and said, what are you here for? And you said, oh, I'm here to get so-and-so. And they're like, okay, cool. And they're going to stand there until yeah. so-and-so comes, gets in your car, and drives away. Because it's a, it's a, Watts is a big area like that. It's been self-governing for multi-generations. Cops, I think don't, though, go, cops don't go into Watts. I think, though, you were, you were around at a time before guns became so prominent, though. 
yeah, I'm not but, sure it's as, yeah, I don't, yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to say, in certain parts of the United States, I would not <laughs> pull up next to some redneck white dude with a, with a shotgun on, oh. his, on his truck and say, hey, fuck you, what are you doing, you stupid asshole, like I would to somebody here in Toluca Lake. <laughs> Man, I, I definitely would. I, I'm more afraid of people in general in Florida like than <laughs> I am. Like, because... There is, uh, you know you what? Know, it's funny. I was down. I was in Hollywood, Florida, and even crossing the street, I felt unsafe. Like I felt like they were tra- New York. I understand there's a thing you got to watch out, but I really felt like they were like making an effort to like make it tough on me as a pedestrian. They have, uh, they have. Everyone's got a gun in Florida. Yeah. And by the way, that's no. I know, and not everyone, but if 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 everyone doesn't have a gun, they could easily go to their neighbors, and everyone could be armed tomorrow. Do you know that you can rent guns in Chicago? You can just rent them. For the day? For like four hours, yeah. I need a gun for four hours, and they can for rent real? them. And the idea is, don't they track murders through bullet guns and whatever? Why yeah. would you rent your gun out to somebody who's going to go kill somebody with that gun, and then you would be in possession of the gun? Is that kind of not so smart? I can't imagine renting a gun from someone. I'd, I definitely would want my own gun. God, this conversation is going so weird and dark. What's the matter with you guys? I was you, so happy when I got here. No. Why not? Um, Have you ever had anyone break into your house? No. Well, no. What do you mean, well? Kind of. I've had some... Stalker. I've had stalkers and things like that. Where For real? Issues, yeah. But no one's actually gotten in. I would have gotten a gun. I'm, I've am i never owned a gun, but when he was going through that, I would have gotten a gun. Really? Yeah. Didn't I, you think about it? No. I, I mean, I, I had little kids around then and stuff, too. I, I know the data on that. It scared me to have something around. I don't know how to use a gun. Yeah, there's anyway. this weird study about the guns, right? So out of the 90 gun deaths a, a day. By the way, this is this one is really thing funny. that will offend my fans. This is really funny. Anything, yeah, someone said something about guns, and they were like, you know, I... I, I think I'm not negative guns. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, everybody yeah. should have as many guns as they want. I, but but here's the thing. So of the 90 gun deaths, which is half how many people die of drugs every day in this country, half. but nobody cares. Yeah, 175 yeah. a day yeah. from drugs, 90 from guns. Yeah. Of the 90 from guns, 60 are suicide. So 60 people, 60 people of the 90, two thirds are choosing to kill themselves. And, and a lot of them gun. are adolescent males. Now, now watch this. Yeah, the, yeah, this new data that yeah, I just got today from this meeting. Drew, you're going to love this. So this is even crazier. When you get down to that 33% who, who died not from suicide, yeah. one third of that, meaning 11% of the entire whole, accidentally killed themselves uh, or, somebody or else. someone else. Yeah. I, I'm in that group. I'm in that group. <laughs> Dude, is that crazy? So of the gun deaths, 70, 70 of the 90 a day are either somebody killing themselves or somebody accidentally killing themselves or somebody else. And so then the other 10 are in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the gun deaths in Chicago are astounding. The gun thing's... No, I'm trying to defend the guns. The gun yeah. thing is a lie. Really? It's a lie. That it, if we had less guns, people would do, do less killing. Less violence. People yeah. who are trying to kill themselves will jump off bridges. They do it because guns are easy to buy at Walmart. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, but no one really wants to know about that. Two-thirds of the gun deaths in America are suicides. We had we have a gun. Um, my wife has it. Let me rephrase Maybe that. you shouldn't have it in your 31 minute, days of sobriety. My wife. liberal wife. My wife is also redneck. Uh, <laughs> so she has Quite a, a gun. She has a gun, and I... 
and she, with hollow point bullets and it's and she oh would keep god. it under her bed oh my god yeah that's the way she grew up that's for you and so and so one day i go when we have kids i go listen though i know how this ends is one of our kids finding the gun yeah. and pulling the trigger that's yeah. how that so the trigger is very tempting yeah so i buy a lock i'm in uh oh iowa and i buy a lock for a gun you can't sure you can't i mean i guess you can find a lock for a gun out here but i don't know where gun stores lock are box. but in iowa I they're everywhere you want to admit to that you had guns here and where you live yeah right and right. so I buy the lock. The lock is one of the ones that goes behind the trigger so you can't pull the trigger. Yeah. So I go, I'm in my closet. I get the gun. I get the lock. I put the lock on. Oh, my God. And I'm, Did holding, you really? the gun. I'm holding the gun like, so this is the gun. I'm holding it in my hand like this with the barrel in your pointing hand. into my fist. Oh, God. And I put the lock on and I go, I think it's on. Oh, and I go, I should probably pull the trigger and see if I can uh, shoot it. Uh, I have it in my hand. And I go to pull the trigger. I go, hold on one second. Uh, hold on i should check everything one more time before i pull the trigger and i pull my hand off and then i look and i realize it's in front of the trigger that had i pulled it oh. i would have shot my fucking hand off <laughs> and i went oh my god I go, we gotta get we gotta get rid guy. of this fucking gun <laughs> so i took the bullets out of the gun i put the lock on properly and i hid the bullets in one place yeah. and the gun in another place and my wife saw that and she's like what the fuck good is this gun now <laughs> if someone breaks in i've got to go find the bullets find the gun find, find the, the key. key to the lock and, but I but I just, it scared me so bad that I almost blew my hand off yeah. that I was like, I would have definitely just shot my hand off. Yeah. And that I, and I've only, my only connection to that was like, I cut the tip of my finger off cutting onions one time. Yeah. And I just remember going, I want to take this moment back. Like, and I was like, I can't imagine if I shot my hand yeah. off and was like, I want this back. Yeah. Oh. You want moments back? What does you that know, mean? You know, but run the clock back so I don't do that. Yeah. Don't you ever... You know that's impossible, don't you? I know, but like that's my instinct immediately. Like when I start to die, I'm gonna go. Oh, why did I get you on this wouldn't plane? Get, like my immediate response would be, is, "I'm so fucking stupid." You wouldn't think that? No, I go st even dumber, deeper into <laughs> stupid, and I go, "Let's go back in time." <laughs> it's my initial reaction. To I'm any stupid. Of that. Let's go back in time and redo oh, it. I have a hard time with anything aging. Um. Aging is hard. It like, ain't for sissies. It yeah. sucks. Like I remember the first time I realized I was losing my hair, I got like a panic in me. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, so this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. I was like twenty two. I was like, so this is it. Like I, I, and like now, it like I have a cavity in one of my teeth, and I feel like they're just gonna take the tooth out altogether and go. Oh, what do you need that for? Oh, you're almost done anyway. Did you oh. see did you see they're making a remake of um, the, the one that Corey Feldman and, and all of them, what was that movie Lost they Boys. were all in? Lost Boys. They're making a remake of The Lost Boys. So on my phone yesterday was, where are, they, where are they now? What The Lost Boys look like now? And I was sitting looking at it, judging them all for how old they look and realizing I'm older than them. <laughs> my, my friend uh, Jason really Patrick's still doing okay. Yeah, he's doing all right. But some of them are not doing so well. Yeah. Jason Patrick's. Uh, there's a group of those he's guys. He's a good guy. There's a group well, of he's Jason. a hardcore conservative. Woo. Oh yeah, he oh. has to be. Look at his Why? jawline. <laughs> oh. But I, I had some conversation. I was like, Jason, we had to just not talk, right? Because he's, he's just so he's so opinionated. It's, it's fascinating. Jason to Patrick. To uh, what's uh, Barbara Streisand's husband's son's name? Um, yeah, Chad. Like, no, all no. those guys. Oh. No, uh, the actor. Yeah, uh, he was in George Goonies. Bush. Played George Bush. He was in Goonies. Yeah. Uh, what's, yeah. What's the Chad, husband's name? Isn't it Chad no, what's the husband's name? Brolin, Josh Brolin, Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. Yeah, all those guys they're, were they're... were in movies in the eighty, in the early nineties, eighties, and then ducked under, and then rode this this Gulf Stream of a career up to being grown ups that we felt like they discovered, but they were they were always there. 
Like that, I find those guys really fascinating. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind. I guess I don't blowing one of them. I already too. missed that. I was like, I wouldn't mind that happening in my career. But I'm like, what am I going to show up on a seventy? Everyone's like, so Bert's still around, huh? <laughs> it's nice to be able to do things you like to do for long periods of time, though. That's pretty cool. And in this business, that's pretty rare. Pretty rare. Think uh, how many people just are here and then gone. Yeah, it happens really quickly. Uh, so uh, be thankful. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. yeah, I guess I am. I mean, I guess I am. I just need to. Yeah, gratitude is another thing that's in short supply in this country. Oh yeah, yeah. People, a lot of people feel like they're owed things. Oh, that's that envy stuff again. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Because somebody else, I I always said uh, my back to a little bit of politics. I my thing is like I don't care if there's a group of people that have infinity money as long as the rest of us get to rise up as well or because of that I, who, who cares if there's a small group with all the money who yeah. cares yeah. if everybody else gets to come on up a little bit but the research shows very clearly that if somebody else has something more you're not happy it's so funny as you said that you go i don't care if there's a bunch of people that have a look and then you said as long as and i thought there's people poorer than me like that's <laughs> uh, as long as i'm above someone that i went to high school with i'm cool oh, with that no. no i have i have uh i have a I have this thing that, like... Uh, I, In the end, what does it all matter? It's just the memories you have. It's the relationships. See, the they, I don't know about you guys, have. but I obsess about getting helping my kids because the, the millennials have a tough thing. I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by a new thing that I've noticed the last five, ten years is people that are very comfortable, let's say. Very, yeah. very comfortable. Have not a want in the world own their G- homes, generally people li- own their homes live very comfortably got a couple mil in the bank are miserably angry about the government in their last probably five to ten years of existence like it's one thing to be 22 year old black kid and being angry about the government yeah but to be in 78 year old you know upper middle class guy that or gal that's so weird to me it was like you kind of did all right I, i'm not sure that they're mad about how they're doing I, I think they're how they're feeling about themselves and they've been told they're bad and they're have privilege and there's something wrong with them and i think that's what a lot of the backlash is the people are, are really feel like feel it bad they feel like they've been told they're they're they, they there's something wrong with them and they're immoral or they're just oh you mean like race, they're being called racist they're racist right? yeah. they're not they're not sensitive to other people's needs and that, that's been grinding i think on people for a while and I, I just think that's where it all that's where a lot of this backlash came from i think yeah and and yet it's not stopping it's like it still goes on yet people i don't know maybe they feel maybe the acting out through donald trump makes i them think feel comedy is okay. the only thing that can save us the economy comedy comedy well they're comedy. they're trashing comedy i brought this up earlier you guys don't seem to know about this you know this universal moral outrage that everything's moral everything yeah, yeah. and and therefore nothing's moral in other words we used to talk morality used to be some significant issue we had to have a conversation about the morality of abortion now you tie your shoes that's a moral decision there's some morality tie it's like whoa morality is supposed to be something that you did as a good person and you arrived at through careful thought and then you lived according to that because there's something about your character that you want to protect and be that good person as opposed well, to morality abort- being something you can live however you want. That's the hubris. As long as you tell everybody else how they ought to live. 
and everything is moral and everybody's wrong and you can be aggressive as you want and, and you can be Harvey Weinstein as long as you're attacking the HR, the NRA. Yeah. This is a weird, weird world we live in right now where, where everything's moral and nothing's there, moral. There was a, a I think it's Louis C.K. or somebody had this abortion joke where it was like, you don't like abortion? Good, don't have them. Yeah. Um, you know what but, I mean? But then, but then Why then, is there not this? And that's funny in this day and age because that used to be what people thought. You don't like abortion, don't have them. Federal funding shouldn't go for abortions, but people should be able to have them if they want them. Why does it have to be a universal truth that everyone, all 300 million well, people agree because, to? Because I'm not defending this position, but I know the logic of the position. The logic of the position is it's murder. It's so a, is war, Drew, and I don't see those same people complaining about Bob, war. Let me, let me give you know what I mean? I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's murder and unjustified murder can't has to be stopped. That that's the, a just society will stop an unjustified murder, particularly of the most dependent amongst us. I know, and that war, and that's war really is considered justified murder because whatever. I, I'm not saying I'm not defending any of those. And yeah, who yeah, determines yeah, yeah. what's the justification? That's the really the strange thing about my mom was no. a big religious person, and she always taught us, "Thou shalt not kill." Without justification. Then, 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 it, <laughs> then it changed in the 1980s to thou shalt not murder. Yeah. And so war is not murder, but abortion is murder. Right. That, I would, that, I would, that, that all came up because of the abortion conversation. Is that, it that, really? The, they oh, changed absolute, the word? Absolutely. They changed the word. Bert, they the changed the word that Moses brought down from the mountain. Yeah. They and they changed, changed it, it to, from kill to murder. Yeah. Thou shalt not kill is because that guy shall not murder. Because killing you didn't with know justification. This? No. Like, you? <laughs> would, you, would you kill Hitler if you had an opportunity? Would that be murder? I always say if I could go back in time I'd just, I'd, and kill one person, it would just be a random, and then let him no, know, I had a chance to kill anyone and I picked you. I don't know why. That's not my point. My point is... I know, roll the dice, right? You're at fucking Starbucks? My point is there is such thing as justified killing. The problem is how do you determine what that is? And, you know, could you come here, Rouge? You can get those guys? You know, it's like, we're... Uh, yeah. I know, I know. So, I, yeah, I would have a hard time. I, I always feel I always feel for anyone who served time over in Afghanistan and had to actually kill people because I would have a hard time Sleeping with that at night, and I know. I think I'm not saying my cousin did or didn't, but I know that he had saw action in in over there. And I always thought I would. I like I, the, my thing with abortion is uh, I think everyone should, but this is very unpopular. I think everyone should uh, do do what you want to do with your body. If you're a woman, you should be able to do what you do with your body. If you have a baby and you don't want to have a baby, I, I think that we're in a place in society where. Okay, so we're. Okay, but I, but I, but I, but you, but you can't tell me you didn't kill something. You're not allowed to say That's, that. That's there. You go. You definitely killed it. Like, like I get it. No, no, I agree with you. I think you'd be able to kill stuff too. Like, but you killed it. Like, you definitely killed it. Like, listen. That's the only reason I never had an abortion is that, and I'm, I never got. First of all, I never was in that situation. Um, but when Georgia, we didn't expect Georgia. That wasn't even. I would never have thought about that. We were we were being asked to reduce from three to two. We have triplets, and they were saying go to two, and we had to think very hard about it. We couldn't do it. It would have been one of the girls, obviously. I have only one. I have one, <laughs> oh, and, one of the boys, and, obviously. And, no, right. it would have been my daughter. Why? We, we knew which one it was was in the right position for the reduction. Oh, why would you kill a girl though? We didn't know it was a girl at the time. It was very early. Oh yeah, they, they can't tell you that. Yeah. You got two boys and a girl. You're gonna have to get rid of one. Yeah. Which one are you gonna go with? Obviously, yeah. so don't you think? Because we talk a lot <laughs> Who wants about to split the colors in their in their children in the nursery. There's a lot of addiction in the returning troops. There's a lot of suicide. Yeah, 
And though those numbers have always been high, both in Vietnam, they yeah. weren't that high in World War II. And a just war, yeah. a just war against Mussolini and Hitler and Japan at the time has some sort of, it, it carries over into your ability to transition into regular life. I think my dad did. I think your dad did. I think I people did. I also think the degree of violence That it was an unquestionably was... just war. But, but I think what they're exposed to is different. It's not the kind of violence and combat that they're exposed to now so routinely. You know, it's intense violence now. There's only a very small percentage that's exposed to... Normandy? It's pretty violent. Yeah, that was bad. That was terrible. Right? Yeah. But don't I you think, think that something about coming home after, in your conscious thought, like you're yeah, talking you're about home the Afghanistan, that in your conscious thought, you know what you did was the right thing to do. I don't think a lot of people coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq are, and, yeah, uh, and the way you express it, I don't know that you feel it's that correct of a thing to do. I would be, I would be. It was at least ambivalence. I would, I would have a real, like, I just watched that movie that Brad Pitt did on uh, Netflix about being that guy. Yeah. Uh, it was a war movie. And I would be like the guy, I, like, only because we're fighting insurgents and you can't really tell who insurgents yeah. are. Yeah. I think I would have a very hard time going, did I kill the right people? Did yeah. I, like, and I'm just saying this from movies I've seen. I obviously haven't been there and I haven't, I've never had the balls to enroll in the military. But, like, I would have a hard time. I think when you, when, in Germany or in Japan, you had a distinct enemy who yeah. was dressed up a certain way so you knew who you were killing. Yeah. And I think that is probably a lot of the problems that people had coming back from Vietnam was like they'd go into villages and yeah. not know who the enemy was. They also were 19 years old, too. Oh, fucking 19? Yeah. Imagine. I think you should send the elderly. Like, <laughs> why not? Yeah, right. Just, yeah, just send them, put them in tanks. They can drive horrible. They already do it. <laughs> Just bark, bark. Oh my god! It's yeah. a crazy, it's a crazy time we're living in right now, and we need people to speak out and be co comedians are co courageous to go out. Oh and my say god! The I, I've never wanted comedy that, so much as that, right now. We and need yet it, and I'm on. scared that the comedians are going to shy away. They are. They already don't go to colleges at all, at all. Oh yeah, yeah. I just did a college. How was it? Uh, it was actually great. Well, you know, I also have to say that I'm not... You're a because storyteller. you'll be harassed. I'm a storyteller, and, and I also am at this place <laughs> in my life where I go, know, know your lane. Like, um, like Ari and I were having a really great conversation about this because he was trying to convince me a little bit otherwise at the very beginning of the conversation. And then I, my defense was, um, when I go do a show, I'm there for... People come to my show for a certain reason. They, they don't want to hear about abortion yeah, and yeah. black people and mexican like like clearly i'm not you're an not idiot a, you're i not live a in that world political comedian i'm not a, but i'm no. not a political comic and no. i if i do say something about race there will be a undertone of of love in it it's not yeah. it's it, i or may make a joke i may, may, may make a yeah. joke about black people but it's not like a here's the problem with yeah, no and i think I, I my my justification was like if you went and saw trevor noah and he was at a big theater and he was like man i've been fucking this chick in the ass the other night you'd be like Wow, that's not what I came here for. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. And like, if you saw Jim Gaffigan and he was like, "My wife's on her period," you'd be like, "You'd be like, whoa, Jim! I thought you were going to talk about tacos." <laughs> um, and so, so comedians I, need to stay in their lane. And, but like, and, do you and, feel like some of them aren't? They're trying so to get the right out. audience no. gets the right. You, and by the way, you, you and you can get right out of your lane with a great joke. Yeah. With a great joke, I don't care what lane you're in. If Trevor Noah got up on stage and said it the way he needs he needs to say it for his audience. So I'm having sex. I understand that's not something we're going to talk about, but this is this talks about a much larger thing. Then I'd be along for the ride with it, or if, or if he said it the way he needs to say it for me to hear it. Um, but like if but like I do not, 
I watch everything Bill Burr does. By, by the way, I'm, I have to say as a caveat, he is a friend of mine. Um, I'm not like, I'm not a fan. I am. I'm, I, but I am a fan. When he gets on stage, yeah. I want to hear everything. But he has a joke right now about the military that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And he'll put it on his next special. It is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And it is against the fucking grain. Like you, it goes you against. Tell us? Ev- no, no, I won't because it's his. It's that's his, his joke. I that's see. his joke. Yeah, he wrote okay. it. He gets to tell it to you. Well, what against the grain in terms of pro military? Or it's like one of those things where Louis C.K. goes, well, maybe. No, <laughs> nope. Nope. It it's is against the grain. Against it's, military. It's, well, I don't know what's pr- with the grain yeah. right now. Is it- well, with the grain is uh, every hat comic out there going, uh, uh, I don't know, let's give it up for the troops. And oh, you're, yeah. like, you're like, okay. okay, we get it. Yeah. Like B- Bill's just... But Bill, that's Bill's lane. Well, Bill like, penetrates. He's a he's a penetrative comedian. He's and, like, but but I think people are oppressing what hey, they talk. I gotta about. go pee. Go yeah. pee. You guys talk without. Okay. Yeah. Go Pretend, pee. Talk, you can pee in the backyard. Talk you behind my back. Pee in that pool, yeah. Drew. No. <laughs> I'm gonna pee in that pool. Um, but but I think that people are feeling oppressed. I'm having conversations in my house that I wouldn't have even at work. Oh, I yeah. definitely wouldn't have. That you can have conversations with your wife and or with your closest friends that you used to be able to have with almost just about everybody. And people say, oh, he's an asshole or, or that's stupid or I don't like that. Now you can't even say it for fear Bob, I'll take of it, being crucified. I'll take it one step further. I had a conversation with my wife in my house that I stopped because we have a Nest camera. And I thought, what if they tap into my Nest? <laughs> what if they tap? I will lose everything. Because it's it's, right? it's 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 by the way it's an innocuous thought that I just wouldn't share. But it with used the world. to be thoughts you could talk about with a community that would would not crucify you and want your head chopped off for sharing something that was stupid or you weren't you were being less than insightful. It was, and now it, you can't even have that conversation. And I started to make a list of my friends that I can say anything to. It's about five people. Oh. Can I can I tell you because uh, and a lot of them a lot of my male friends it's because they'll tell their wives and their wives will change their opinion of me. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, if it ever yeah. got like I just want our kids to play. I don't want to get in any trouble. Oh, I if, don't want I don't want any trouble. If Joe, Ari, or Tom lose their phone, we are fucked. <laughs> like we are fucked. Like I here's a really I delete is, my I delete my texts with friends that are too far. Uh, mine are this is a little game I like to play it's called the n-word deep dive how about and, the f-word the f-word flies around here in my what thing. fuck no oh faggot <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that word in public I can say it on this podcast <laughs> no you can can't say, don't well, use it against here's, you here's the, here's the problem with that word is that I think that's there the there are word. two f-words now America yeah there's two f-words and uh, and three c-words the um, really cunt no, I'm and joking. what's the other no, two it's just cunt <laughs> It's just cunt. It's just cunt. No, um, three times. Conservative. <laughs> the, the, um, the, oh, guy just got fired. Uh, guy just got fired at Amazon Studios Uh-oh. for, I'm sure it's sexual harassment. Yeah, of course. Um, but did, the, you, did you hear this? Drew, let's so go into words a, now because uh, comedians are words, right? You need an uh, engineering degree to operate your toilet, dude. Which there are one? two F words. You're in your bedroom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's got, oh. it's got a lot. I got a lot. It's got it's, to, I got it from Asia. 
No kidding. I took a shit in Japan one time that was so bad the guy next to me threw up. And, <laughs> and I thought... I, Great. High five. Thanks. Congratulations. And I thought he was trying to talk to me because it's in Japan. He's like... <laughs> and I'm like... And I kept saying, no, the toilet shoots water. If you need toilet paper, the toilet shoots water. Uh, and so I got one of their toilets. It's one of the best toilets in the world. Yeah, it just shoots water all over the place. Uh, it's got like 19 different settings in a, in a The thing I said... So we're it, talking uh, about words, Drew. Now, remember, George Carlin had what? Seven words you can't seven, say on television? Seven words you can't say there's, on television. There's at least 30 now. Oh, there's 150. 30 what? 30 words you can't say in public anymore. So Whoa. there's two F words now. There's not just fuck. There's the other F word, which I won't say. But I will said, say I'll it. say it. I'll say it because I, I think that uh, the people who... The guys who elected Trump were guys that weren't done saying the word faggot. <laughs> they were like, "You took it away too soon." <laughs> now that's it. Now I got to stand up for my rights. Okay, so Lenny Bruce said, "When it's the suppression of the words that make the words have so much power." Right, Drew. We are heading into an era where so many words have so much power. Yeah, I agree. Hey, listen. Do you remember the bit that Lenny Bruce did about the N word? I can't even say that word. Uh, I can say it. <laughs> but but I, I choose not to. Here's the reason I don't say the N word. Not because I give a sh. I used to do this as a bit. Jay Z says it a lot. Do you know that? Uh, yeah. I got the new record of him che cheating on his wife. I was playing it at dinner last night. We had to yeah. take it off. It's like repulsive how many oh, times my daughters he uses that do word. not like that word when it's uh, in the car. Like uh, not one. I thought he had made a record about cheating on his wife. It's the same old N word, N word, N word, N word, N word, N word, nineteen times in the first minute. Mm. So. So, but go on. So there's a lot of words that you can't say anymore. I don't say the N word, not because you said I the care word tranny. About, you can't, yeah, say, you tranny can't say tranny anymore. Uh, I don't say the N word, not because I care about hurting anyone's feelings or offending anyone. I don't say it because uh, the word is a tricky word. If you do say it, if you start saying it and, you, and it's a word that's in your mouth, it can slip out of your mouth. And you can say it at the wrong time. That's the reason I'm not racist, is that if you say racist things, like, oh, Asian people can't drive, then one time you say that, and you don't look around, and you say it in front of someone, and you hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. My whole thing about being racist is I just don't want to, I wouldn't want to hurt someone's feelings. Like, and I, obviously you can't be racist to me, so like, I, I, you can't hurt my feelings, I guess. But like, if I, I would never want to say something fucked up and hurt someone, and, and them going, Bert, is that really how you feel? And I've done it. I've definitely done it. I've done it on this podcast. I got an email from a guy named Joe, I think. He was like, I can't believe you fucking said that. And I was like, I didn't, I was drunk. I don't know what I said. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, so what do you think is going to happen, Drew, with all these words you can't say? Well, I mean the, the, the most, um, sort of what's a historical point about that? Uh, well, whenever you start burning books and controlling words and controlling oh, thoughts, to kill a mockingbird. They, they started burning to kill a mockingbird. Yeah. It's the cultural revolution in China, the Maoist revolution. This is Maoist techniques where the Maoist would go and scream down professors, scream down speakers. No one was allowed discourse. Books were burned. Language was controlled and people started getting killed. And by the way, they were all the same color. <laughs> but but the point is the only thing different about the Maoist regime or the French Revolution or these other these other sort of periods of history where these unbelievable mob activities have come along, it's usually the government doing it. This is the only time I can think of the, the French Revolution being a little closer to the people doing it. The government the government has a hand in it because the government right now. Uh, liberals are eating their own. Yes, they are. And All of that, a sudden, and, that's and, a new and it thing. just started happening. How yeah. about that guy out at Evergreen University? Yeah, that professor who just said, "No, I'm, I'm not going to not come to school because I'm white." Yeah, you can't tell me that's racism. You can't tell me because of my skin color. And, and he I can't was show he couldn't wasn't allowed to speak. He was yeah. silenced and then lost his job. Yeah, 
and, and, and losing by, the job is the modern version of beheading. And by the way, I heard this on Rogan. I'm reiterating something I heard on Rogan yesterday. I think from one of these guys, from the guy who got fired from Google. He, the guy from got fired from Google is a, a Amazon. Amazon. Well, no, no this Google. is the women's thing. This is about oh, women. Okay. They had they they had him sit in a symposium about women's rights. Yeah. And then said, "If you have any thoughts, we'd love to hear it." So he, he wrote a, a very carefully thought out eighteen-page yeah, memo of which some stuff in it was problematic. Yeah, where he said women are hysterical, or maybe or something to that effect, or whatever he said. Uh, and then he got fucking fired. You can't just say, "Hey, if you have any thoughts, hit him up, hit me up with them." And then you do, and then they're like, "You're out." That's fuck. There's there's a weird thing as it pertains to sexism that's going on in in these uber sensitive environments like like a tech where women aren't moving up the the executive ladder because they can't be in the presence of the male that's executives. The that's they're the fearful of being around the women for fear of being, of being accused of something. Yeah, so so, so, so the they just refuse. They will not... So women get zero time with the leaders uh, the way the men could because the men are too freaked out. They, they always have to be somebody that's with them around That's been happening for 20 them. years, I was told. What's that? That's been happening for 20 years. Well, it's been happening like in, it's been happening in many disciplines, but it's becoming more clear in the executive branches, where part of the reason people are able to climb an executive ladder is they have relationships, and they get to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, and somebody gets tapped to move up the ladder. But if you can't be around that person, even how are you ever going to know who they are? I don't know if I would like. I, <laughs> I'm probably how would being, you have done in the corporate world? Well, I had that TV show, and we had a van that we rode in, and that girl Stacy. The woman, Stacy, was my executive producer or director. She rode in the van with me all the time because I liked I liked her company. But there were a lot of girls who I don't think my other guys in the van because all guys. It was like I mean we put all the guys that I liked in that van and then Stacy, and then when Stacy wasn't on the road with us, they'd be like, "Hey, no girls in here," and that stinks for the. And I know the other girls got pissed that they didn't get to sit in the van, but I think these guys were cameramen and sound guys. Who are like, hey man, I don't want to lose a job over me say some saying something off color because I know I can't offend anybody and we're and we're living together for eleven days and I'm away from my family and so there were girls that were like, how come I don't ever get to ride in the van? And you'd be like, I don't know, like I, I that's that's a weird side effect of all this is that women aren't it's not inclusive. This the, the drawing the lines in the sand go the pain like, is real. Let's let's be very specific. The pain is real. What what's happening? What pain? what pain? The pain of being sexually harassed and sexually abused and constantly in a in Objective not even in the extreme of the Harvey Weinstein, yeah. but in the more. We should call Stacy and find out if I ever sexually harassed sure. her. Sure, do it. Call her. I'll call Text her. Right now. We'll finish. Text finish your thought. But but the idea is, it's it's not right, and it's horrible. But this society has problems it hasn't sorted out and we think yeah. that somehow we can you know solve it by cutting off the heads of four or five people or 10 people yeah. i believe i believe the hollywood the hollywood thing will go on for 10 people that's my that's i'm oh, going to go odd. it's going to go bigger than the next one's going to be really big we'll talk about that later i i'm sure i don't know if you've already googled it but no who is it i'm, I'm not going to be the one to share that only because i don't want to be a part of it if it doesn't happen, mm. I don't want to be a part of what like kind of person in. is it? I mean, who is, I mean, executive or act? It's, uh, it's Brad Pitt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wonder why my. But maybe this is the world telling me not to call Stacy on the phone on my podcast. Oh, never mind. Stacey, I can't come to the phone right now. I'll leave a message and I'll call you back. 
I'll leave it. I'll just leave it. General message. You're sober now. What's up, sweet tits? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, Stacey, you're you're a joke. sober now and you're calling. <laughs> and we don't work together man. anymore. We don't work together. You're just a friend. Uh, hey, it's Bert. I'll try you again. <laughs> um, oh no, you're sober yeah. now and you want to make amends for what you yeah. did wrong when you were drunk. You want to sit yeah. down and make no, amends. No, I don't think I ever. I probably would put. You've mentioned it four times, so I think you did something inappropriate. No. He's worried that he might have. No, I'm sure I did. I'm sure. I'm sure I was. Guilty of that my whole career of saying inappropriate stuff. Yes. Because that's kind of what I do for a living. Uh, you know, Isn't but that frightening? If your job is to say inappropriate things, in today's how world, comfortable is to, it to, to in live today's right world, now? That, that, yeah, in today's world, that's like saying, well, my job is to swim with sharks. And I and occasionally, one of these sharks going to get me eventually. It's like, you, yeah. Here's the funniest thing I heard all week. You want to know? They yeah. asked Snoop Dogg what he thought of LeVar, of, of, uh, Le, Le, LeVar Burton? No, Ball, the <laughs> basketball player. Yeah, Le, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the story of, what's the kid's name again? I forget. He's only 19. The point guard for the Lakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's LeVar. Yeah, LeVar Ball. No, that's his dad. Oh, oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Lorenzo yeah. Ball. Yeah. Right? And so and so they asked him, Snoop Dogg what he thought. And he goes, I think his daddy threw him in the lion's den with some pork chop drawers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Do you oh, get it? Because his dad yeah. talks him up like he's the new magic Michael Jordan and stuff. Yeah. And the, all the point guards in the NBA are just keying in on him and shutting him down oh, and knocking him down. The and that's the thing. The new norm will be don't, like, don't say I'm not uh, racist, I'm not sexist, I'm not homophobic. Just say... I'm a bad person because then they won't come after you. When you say I'm all I'm a perfect liberal progressive, that's when they go, let's see the let's see the dirt you've done. Let's find out. I guarantee you when day, that David Cross shit came out, there was a number of people running through his entire timeline of Twitter because they started bringing up old tweets he had done about some shooting in New Orleans and brought that out and they were like, "Oh, he's always been a racist." And you're like, "What the fuck?" Like it's just go and say, I'm just a bad, I'm a sinner just like everybody else. So do you think the comedians are going to shy away or are they going to no. ball up? No, because there's, look, there's a, there's, there's a thousand comics trying to make a name for themselves. And just like the kid, the kid who wants to fight the biggest guy in prison or take out the bully, there's comics going, I'll go hard as fuck. I don't give a shit. About I want to see it. Yeah. I can't oh, wait. You, what you won't see is, uh, like, I mean, I think there are Jim Jeffries been grandfathered in, um, Bill Burr's been grandfathered in, Louis, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. Um, I, I think what you'll see is a lot of like sitcom, like, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on, but like Dalia probably has a career outside of stand up. Mm. I don't think he'll ever go hard in the paint about poli- social justice or anything like that. Rogan's this been is grandfathered just about in. life, though. This you keep calling it politics. This is life. Yeah, but- it's very unsafe to live in this society right now. You could lose your job from yeah. something you said 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. That's I'm wondering how far back people go. Are they going to go 40, 50 years, 100 years? You know, are they going to start taking well, away Academy that's Awards? That's Trump's from- point. They're taking down all the statues because the people were racist. And when you're going to get rid of Jefferson and Washington, you know, that's the well, that's that, Okay, that's part of me then. I go, okay, let's, if we're going to say take down, the, take down the, the animals, then let's take them all down. The animals. Take, yeah, like the the Harvey Weinstein. So let's go down. Let's go through the fucking line. And let's got, get into the let's get into Sacramento and and 
politicians because yeah. they are the most egregious outliers. Take them all. Down. I've heard some stories I can't believe about a certain governor that we have about people and, in our state that. But that, but that's the duality that we've elected that that are representing us. I don't dig it. As a citizen, I want names. I, if you're gonna, if the private sector is gonna be held to this, sure as hell the public sector has to be. Yeah, it's but it's, but the duality of Trump admitting and having as many settlements as Harvey Weinstein being president of the United States. That's the duality of what's going on. There's a real something really un, unknowable is going on. Yeah. But I'm more about the words. I I give you the example when NWA came along. I've been a part of the music scene here in LA from the beginning from yes. the late 70s. Um, the guitar player in my band, KK, had the first hip-hop club in L.A. called Radio in 1981 in downtown L.A. So we all kind of knew of Easy e Ice-T when he first rapped when he was a kid. We kind of knew we were the rock kids who knew about the rap world coming up. So when the N.W.A. record came out, it was unbelievable. It yeah. was a phenomenon like no music has ever been. I remember getting the record and listening to it and thinking... This makes the Sex Pistols look like, like ABBA. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so it became the most popular record amongst musicians. And we were at a birthday party for an actress who was dating a friend of ours. And it was—I remember—it was the Beastie Boys, the Chili Peppers, Fishbone, and my band, all at this park in Griffith Park, blasting on a big ghetto blaster like in an 80s movie scene, huh. the NWA record, and we're all singing along, and it came to the N-word, and all us white guys sang the N-word, and the black guys stopped and said, and I remember Norwood, the bass player from Fishbone's, one of my best friends and roommate, he goes, it's just so weird hearing white people say that word. Yeah. And I, rem I remember that word has power that it's never going to go away, like what you were saying. Yeah. But these other words where you can't even say retard anymore. You can't say retard. Yeah. I mean, now I'm going to get crucified for saying that. Well, there's a lot of people I think, like, I don't, like, I made a conscious, I stopped calling things gay. Like, going like, like, your car is gay. Right. Because, only, only because I heard Todd Glass say how that made him feel. Yeah, he'd and then you I knew went, not to do it. And I was like, oh, cool. That's like, one person who got their feelings hurt. That's not a reason to change a society. That person, the 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 pluralism of america drew is that we have to learn how to tolerate other people oh, that's yeah. what america is yes and 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 unifying around certain principles and concepts that most people don't even know what they are that's the problem we haven't taught people what the what the idea of this country was it's an idea it's a thought it's a concept it was a concept and, and it's a it's the only country on earth that was founded around a concept and that concept has been a unifying property of all these different people from all these different countries and cultures coming together and living in a productive, unified, and a tolerant, in, 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 in a more so perfect That's union. So that and, is so ripe for a sketch of a bunch of of Toluca Lake liberals no, taking their kids to preschool. No, <laughs> a bunch of people in the bottom of a boat coming to America. Going so, what do you think this place will be? And go well. I hope that like I hope that there's freedom there. And they're like, yeah, that's what we're all looking for. And then one guy's like, I hope you can uh, you can also that like there will be church and state. Well, I don't think so. But in this freedom, you get your opinion. The guy's like, what? And like they're all expressing the idea of what this country will be. I'm, I'm not pitching this sketch well, but like I like the idea that the idea of this country has been forgotten. 
the idea of yeah. freedom. Listen, I, I was the watching. Idea I was of, watching Hamilton, the, the play, which was fantastic. And I was watching. And I was like, mm, "Is that really the way history went?" At least in that first act. And, and then I went, "Oh my God, this is what people are going to think is the history of this country is the idea." And I thought, "Wow, it, unless you really knew the facts, and it, it's fine, it's great, and it's a great study." Wait, Hamilton wasn't black, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, it's not those kind. Of, there was just some nuances about the ideas that were like, mm, "That's not quite what the idea was," but okay. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, that's going to be factually the uh, the notion that everyone has now because yeah. they weren't ever taught the actual, there was no civics class, there was no government class, there was no history of the United States that everyone was really so taught So let's go over the fundamentals. In. You can come here and honor any God you want yes. or no God. Yes, yes. Right? right? You can come here and practice your cultural things, but you have to be respectful of other people's cultural things. Yeah, because you can smoke marijuana in a religion and they're cool with no, that. The, the idea was you can come here and be free, be left alone to do, to practice your religion, to set up a business unencumbered from tyranny, from principles or government that were going to get in the way of you being free. Freedom is lost as a cultural virtue. Lost. Well, yeah. but Now, it, me- now it's tolerance. And tolerance in its, by, tolerance in its logic, if you demand absolute tolerance, becomes intolerance. And that's the problem we're into right now. But but the simplest individual's tolerance, like you can do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. And and as long as they don't collide dramatically, I'm not going to worry about what you do in your house. And I'm not going to. Dude, there was never any concern about that. It was always what the government was going to allow us to do. But now it's the people. I understand that. And so and and Alexis de Tocqueville in 1822 came over here, a Frenchman came over and wrote a book called Democracy in America. It's still one of the greatest sort of analyses of democracy ever. And he said, the, the, this country claims to have freedom of expression, freedom of speech. They have less than anywhere. Because as soon as you speak up, the, the public square will crush you. The government won't. The people will. Really? So extreme views are always crushed by, by the people. And he, that was his point Well, then why is there no faith that these t- Tiki Torch Ku Klux Klan members will be crushed in the public sphere. Why is there faith about that? There, why there's no faith in that? I have complete faith. Give racist ideas yeah. and see what everybody because, says. Because and I guarantee you, I know America pretty well. They're not going to go for it. Because discourse isn't something that's not allowed now. We have to use the Maoist technique of yelling people down and making sure they don't talk. Silencing offensive speech. I might have to read a book on uh, the Cultural Revolution in, <laughs> in, in Japan, China. Yeah, my oh, uncle told terrible. me about it. it terrible. In the 90s, he told me about it. And he was like, no, it's horrible. I guess he represented In China someone. or France? China. In China. He said he represented someone who was thrown out of a window, a professor that was thrown out of a window, and I think he had gone on to write a book. Khmer Rouge was the same thing. Anybody with intellectual, anybody who knew something more than another person had to be killed because it was not equality, absolute uniform equality in all things at all times. And, you know, there have been waves of this kind of thing, kind of thing. So all I'm saying is... I believe there is the the brave and the righteous need to stand up right now rather than cower away. I think we've all been cowering for five or 10 or 15 years and we need to stand up and be righteous. And, and, and there's a hesitancy because there's that, well, why me? Right. I'll give you an example. I didn't want to profit off of the pain and suffering of drug addicts. I owned a rehab I felt like I'm becoming rich off of other people's pain and suffering just because of a couple laws that were enacted, the Parity Act and the and Obamacare, right? 
Yeah. And there are many millionaires been made by those two laws that own rehab it's centers. It's a disaster. And I just really, felt right. bad. I just felt like, God, I already got enough. I already make a very good living and my kids live pretty comfortably. To just stack money in a bank account somewhere is so morally wrong. That I sold my ownership stake in the rehab four years ago. I said, I don't, I still love it because I designed it and I hired everybody and whatever, but I don't want to own it and I don't want all the stacks of money going up into my family. And everybody was calling me crazy. What are you talking about? What are you about your kids? What about you're so old and your kids are going to be dead and have no money? I go, I know families who left a lot of money to their children. They're my clients. I'm leaving my children very little. You understand? Why can't people stand up and be righteous? I never made any money. You've never made any money off of rehab Mm -hmm. ever. And I always did. I had the same kind of feeling like, "Mm, I never don't really want to make a lot of money. Maybe that's the influence you had on me. But as I knew, like, and and there's some people that, oh, it's the same as selling t-shirts. Like, no, No, it's not. No, it isn't. This is a human thing. Weirdly, if you had an insurance company in between, it's like, okay, I'll take the insurance money. But even then, it's a little bit kind of weird. My wife wouldn't tell me how much we pay our therapist. Because she said, if you know, you'd stop going to therapy because you would look at it as paying his mortgage yeah. or what. I don't know how much yeah, I pay yeah, my yeah. therapist, but I imagine it's inconsequential. 300 bucks a session, I would imagine. Oh, my God. Is it that now? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I wonder what it is. <laughs> Are we on Facebook Live with this thing? Susan's no. texting me. No. No. Okay. Okay. 300 bucks. She wanted to know. No. What time do you need to get out of here? I don't know. She also wants me to go to Al for Alfie May's wedding, uh, funeral. I know I got to call Stacy because I got her sweet tits. I'm worried. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was a bad move. She's pregnant. So oh, sure, sure. is, is the Rafi Mays thing uh, a point of uh, Say you're making only? amends. No. Say no, you're no. with your sponsors you and you're making amends. She wants me to go. I, I, is she, she knows going? Them. No. Bert, I, say you're with your sponsors and you're making amends for things that you did that you don't know <laughs> you did. Uh, she's seen me at my lowest. Oh, good. She's, uh, yeah. Tell her about you turned over a new leaf. She knows. I've been talking to her, trying to do a project together. Jesus Christ. She's just not interested in talking to you. She heard the first voice. She saw the transcript of the first voice message. (laughs) And it said, sweet tits, and you're just dust. What time is Ralphie May thing? Uh, Eight, but it doesn't start at eight. If it's anything similar to Ralphie's life, it'll start at nine. (laughs) If it's an actual homage to Ralphie. (laughs) If it's an homage to Ralphie. Um, Maybe we should wrap up and head over to Ralphie's thing. Mm. Um, there's a cigar shop. Do you smoke cigars, Bob? No, I gotta go home. I was, there's you a cigar shop right have next fun. door that I was gonna go. Uh... This is not at all what I expect us to get into today. I thought we were gonna talk about your sobriety. I thought we were gonna talk about. Well, we can, I mean, I, substances. I, we we got went down a big old rabbit hole. I like, but I, that's what I like about a podcast is that it's you a, do anything. I like that too. I, and it's like I, I remember one it. time having an interview with uh, Bobby Flay, and I had a bunch of things scripted that I want to ask oh, him, yeah. and I was like, and I kept it on track, and it was so boring, and yeah. he wanted it to go somewhere else, and I was afraid to because I didn't know. You know, I was like, I was like, uh, number one, I was like, I know scripts is gonna want to edit this yeah. if we start talking about crazy stuff. And it was an, I think it was an unremarkable podcast for Bobby because he was like, he was like, oh, great. But like, I like a conversation like this. It's all what's going on in the national dialogue right now. I mean, everything, everything that comes up on Facebook or on, I, I look at Twitter news a lot. Everything that comes up on Twitter news, I go, oh, someone else is in trouble. So they're after someone else. Uh, ESPN cancels Barstool short Sports. They, so Barstool, you know what that is, right? This just happened. They canceled Barstool, uh, Barstool Sports as a show. It's a big page. Yeah. They canceled it because Why? they have a caveat in their clause saying 
uh, if you work for our company, you can't sue us for sexual harassment or inappropriate jokes or coarse language, racist jokes, racism, anything. And this woman came out after the whole Harvey Weinstein thing and said, I chose not to work for Barstool Sports because of that. And then her, her, the boss, the owner of Barstool, Dave Portnoy, I think is his name, came out and said, no, you're trying to capitalize on other people's sexual harassment yeah. and, and jump on us. We put that in the contract. He goes, I didn't even know it was in the contract, to be dead honest with you, but we're a comedy sp- space, and we're all about fucking inappropriateness. And if you want to work for our show, show you have to be cool with inappropriate. Well, ESPN heard this guy, Dave Portnoy, who took to Instagram way too quick, should have never said a fucking word, and they canceled it. That just happened uh, this afternoon. Huh. Yeah, Chris Jenner went blonde, <laughs> <laughs> but it's but we're we're like we're everyone's. I'm scared. I get it. Yeah, I, I'm fearful. R. Kelly's ex girlfriend details alleged physical abuse and sexual coercion. So so that like how come why is no one going after R. Kelly? Yeah, like why is that guy? I mean, how about like, Chris Brown? I just watched a documentary. He watched his documentary. Chris documentary. Brown. You yeah. watch it. I did, you want to know did. the first thing that struck me? He pays less child support than I do. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> what lawyer does he have? Mark Argos. <laughs> I, I just watched a documentary on Chris Brown. I watched two documentaries this week. One on um, gender fluidity and non-binary sexuality. You learned Do, something about that? I did. I did. Because that, when you said lots of words, that's always what I think about is there are 170 preferred gender pronouns. And in Canada, by law, you have to use the right one. Even in somebody who's changing their mind minute to minute you have to and you get it wrong you're in trouble yeah well but they this said the word, this is where the words of uh, where a person's name comes in handy <laughs> yeah i guess chris right what what is i, I forget what bruce jenner's oh, name no, uh caitlin's chris, caitlin. chris is caitlin. the mom caitlin how are you doing caitlin yeah just say your right? name the whole time. I didn't know that there Doesn't was... Doesn't that get around the having to explain what the, the uh, word? A, a little bit, but there's times when you need to use a pronoun, and uh, you got to be... Re- Do you know how many pronouns there are now? All well, the Z pronouns and stuff? for a couple Shin, months. Sham. Z, 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 yeah. Zoom. What about... Is, are we sure that Chris isn't a transgender? Chris... No. <laughs> no. Chris Jenner is not... <laughs> But you were trying to say something about the the, the so the why, so you got the, why can't you say that now we're all worried that <laughs> no, I'm gonna no, get no, no. To so, say that. so the so you listen to that documentary the other one was Chris Brown documentary yeah yeah and and I learned uh, my Chris, trauma, Chris trauma, Brown trauma. definitely uh, blames Rihanna for the fight mm. like he definitely was he was, it was in his book it was Rihanna's fault she just misunderstood some shit and then she went wow. no I watched his documentary yeah. he's saying they did that stuff all the they time they did that stuff all the time but all that, the time in the Lambo Drew, that was her that what kind started. of relationship is that that's Domestic two violence. very sex, yeah, sick, sick people, people who are, have a fittedness yep. and then he was shocked at the end of it because they had been doing that for years yeah, yeah. And, and he punched and, her with a closed fist he was shocked that he did that but she grabbed his balls and she scratched up his CDs and then like but he he it came out and I was like, oh, this is it's so funny. I'm so stupid that I watched it and halfway through I go, you know, he's not a bad guy. And then I was like, oh yeah, he produced this. Why wouldn't he put himself in a good light? I'm like, what am I a fucking idiot? I just watched a no, Hitler you're... documentary and went, this guy's got some good ideas. I was like, trains run on time, brother. Trains run on time. Hitler's not a bad guy. Like, I literally watched that and was like, I'm an idiot. And then I watched the gender fluidity thing and it was uh, just a short documentary. 
And I'd always, like, when people were like, I'm non-binary, I was always just mocked it in my head. I didn't yeah. say anything out loud. But then I was like, oh, there are women born with testicles. We're, like, they were talking about it, and it was about due to sports. And I was like, oh, maybe I should shut the fuck up about things. That's the one thing, if which we didn't do, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure is, like, when it comes to this in the workplace or anything, just shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't ever say anything. Just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then you never get in fucking trouble. But if you have a job like us and you have to talk for a living... It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Stay within your lines. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Um, your podcast is called This Life. This, this Life. Life. I've been on it. It's a fucking blast. Yeah, you're great. It was a really fun. I'd like to do it again. Sure. I could talk yeah. to you guys like this all Anytime. the time. Maybe it's because I'm sober. We're trying what not to. What are you going to gonna do November 1st? You're just going to get blasted? Uh, I don't know. You might want to keep going a little bit. Someone said to me... Uh, Someone I'm said using to me, reverse psychology on him. They were like, see if you can do another 30. And I was like, No, no, no! Just January, November first—the only day you have to think about. No, Bob, it doesn't work like that. It works <laughs> like that for you. <laughs> I could, I, I. What so, if your kids come to you and say, "Daddy, we love you so much more this way"? Please do that. Please stay sober. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna, if I'm gonna adhere to my own policy of this podcast, I will be very <laughs> honest right now. Yeah. Um. That yesterday, influence, it would yes, influence you. It, oh, I happened. had an influence yesterday. Was not that. But I, Isla's, I'm doing a FaceTime or a uh, Insta story. Isla's getting up to bat. I'm sitting next to Georgia. Our friends around, big group of family around. And Georgia's done stuff like this in the past. But I said, Isla, baby, get up there and be just like your dad. And Georgia goes, yeah, drunk. Oh. And I, and uh, it, I, (laughs) and I went, whoa. And I deleted the story and I said, Georgia. And she went, what? I'm joking. And I go, Hold on. I go, Georgia. And she goes, what? It's a joke. Dad, it's a joke. And I went, is it a joke? And she was like, Dad, it's totally a joke. I went, okay. So well, I left of course it. She's I gonna, left it. But she saw how you reacted. She's going to backtrack. And course. so then later that night, I pulled her aside. I said, hey, I need to know this for real. Because I'm not. You she's know, how, how old is she? 13. Okay. She doesn't have it in her to tell you for real. Okay. Well, I said, in the right moment, they could say here, I believe they will say in the next nine days, this is so great. You're so much. You'd have to frame it a little differently. I said to her last night, I said, hey, I, I want to talk to you for real. I said, you know, I haven't been drinking at all this month. Do you notice a difference in oh, me? Oh, that's the way to do it. Okay, and she good. said, uh, she said, yeah, you're a little calmer, but not really. And I said, mm-hmm. and she goes, she goes, you're around more, but that's just because I've been home. I've been yeah. home this whole month. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I'm concerned because you did say I was drunk and I, I I definitely would never be drunk at one of Isla's baseball games, but I am. You did say that, and I'm curious. Is that how you see me? She said, "No, Dad, that's not how I see you." I said, "Do you?" But you said it. it now <laughs> here's, the, here's, times. here's the only here's the only reason <laughs> I. Um, she has said in that exact same situation, in that exact same situation. One time she said, um, "I said something to the effect of." I don't know what are we going to talk about and georgia goes let's talk about dad's girlfriend oh and i clearly have never cheated on the end i've never had a girlfriend georgia has no concept of what yeah. that would be at all but it's her trying to be funny yeah so i wrote it off to that but i was i did it did put up feelers where i went hold on they they de- she didn't definitely she definitely didn't say racist because i've I've definitely never been racist around yeah. her. Yeah. She said drunk because I've definitely been drunk around yeah. her. But she also doesn't know if I've ever been drunk. She says she said Leanne's been drunk. She's seen Leanne drunk, 
And she was like, how come you don't ever get drunk like that? And I was like, well, I drink a lot. So when I drink, you can't tell that I've been drinking. Mom barely ever drinks. When mom drinks, it shows up. And she went, oh. And she was like, wait, does Tom get drunk? I said, no, but Tom's a big drinker. Huh. And then she said, because I've seen Sandy drunk. And I went, yeah, Sandy. Like, it's like the people that don't drink, they recognize when they drink. And the people that do drink, they don't recognize that we're drinking. But that was the only thing. No, it's more about presence. Wait, Sandy. Is it just our two friends? Okay. Tom and Sandy. I should have said that. Tom. I'm not going to say his last name. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm trying yeah. to figure out. No, he's, no it's, uh, it's just friends. Friends okay. for the family. Not comedians. No, no, no. Because you no. have a comedian friend named Tom. Yeah. And, and yeah. his wife just had a comedy special. Yep. Christina Pajinski. Really, really good. I couldn't sit through it. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it was, I was thoroughly, totally, and I, he, he, correct me if I'm wrong. She's a smart person. Much smarter than Tom. I, I <laughs> that wasn't the question. That's I just, usually, I just got, Hungar- thing, I just got, it? I just got good comedians, super smart. Like she's yeah. hiding it a little bit. It's so smart. Oh yeah. 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 She's really smart. She has a podcast called that's deep bro. That's she great. was, I, I'm going to get her on our podcast, Bob. Yeah, please. She was her, her stand. I'm very impressed, but that's the only well, let's thing. Let's leave him with some hope. I think, I think most, and by the way, she comes on to some stuff and says some stuff and she just goes, screw it. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, good. Yeah, somebody's Most speaking up. Most people, whether they have drug problems or not, are evolving, hopefully. Yeah. Right? And so, and eventually, you, you have to shed this skin. You know, I think, be a new you. You've got to trust your talent and your awareness and your eye and ear for things and stop making it so much about all the other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have a little faith. I think, uh, the and I, I alluded this to the, uh, this in the middle of the podcast, but the one thing that Rogan and I had said is that life is an evolution and as an artist you evolve yeah. and if they're real true fans they evolve with you and if they don't then they were never really true fans they were tied on to whatever you glammed on to yeah. you know like yeah. like Andrew WK they never liked his music they just liked the idea that he was he was a party guy he whatever you part- represented to them rather exactly. than who you are yeah. um, I think this month has shown to me that number one the biggest fucking realization is I can go to sleep sober that is a really hard thing it's always been hard for me to sleep I just go and you can fly t- and i can fly sober it's it's not massively enjoyable i'm sure but that's sure an understatement but uh but <laughs> but um, but it could get there but i and i and i said the one thing but i'm also a teetotaler so i'm like all right it's all or nothing i gotta cut all booze out of all flights forever for the rest of my life and go that's the rule no booze on mm-hmm. planes because I don't know if I, I don't, I think I do have that attic part of my brain where I go, mm-hmm. if I give myself an inch about drinking on planes, I go right back to drinking before the flight. Like I've, I've gone through iterations of drinking before the flight. Uh, no more drinking before the flight. Okay. Just when they ask if I want a cocktail, I get a drink making there. Making deals. Yeah. I'm making deals with myself. Yeah. And that's not, I, I just, I, I think. It I might would, be five or 10 years from now when you really yeah, look at I it hope, differently. I hope See, not. I just think the journey's a long time and yeah. everybody kind of superimposes uh, time frames on people. Well, it's weird. People want to moralize about other people's use of substances. It's not a. It's a. Not, it's nothing. It's just your relationship with a thing, and it's yours. But you don't you want do to you tie your it. talent to substances. Yes. When people do that, the substances take them down. The, yeah. You, you understand? It wasn't cocaine that made Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor for it a few him. years he thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until I think, you shed that skin. I think I've I've really enjoyed sobriety and health. I've I've gotten a lot healthier. My blood pressure is literally my resting heart rate is in the fifties, yeah. low fifties, all the time. Yeah. 
And so, and and I've been running harder. I've been able to do. I've done. I think Are now you do 11, the marathon. Eleven hot yogas. I'm doing a half marathon on the 19th. Wow. And I just part of me is like, I am. En- I'm enjoying this as much as I enjoy drinking. But I never had this when I was drinking as hard as I was. So I think the evolution uh, is 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 starting. I just don't know. I just. Um, you know, there's a there is a mourning that goes on when you lose something like alcohol or the sense oh, of yourself as a relation yeah. as the person. The who new you is not. It's fully, really a grief. Can I tell you? you yeah. The new you is not fully formed. Yeah, the old to, you is shedding away. And it's a grief. <laughs> you hey, cannot I listen. Hear. You cannot listen to Neil Diamond and not think he's always writing about booze. Shiloh, when I was young, I used to call your name. Yeah, but no he's one elegant. Else would but come. he's elegant, like John oh, Kelly. I would. I every. <laughs> Neil Diamond song I would listen to I was gotten Neil Diamond like my first week and I was like this is about alcohol what this about is, but song it, sung blue but it's, but it's crackling Rosie get on board <laughs> He's but drunk it's, on you, that one. it's you and your relationship with that it's both my friend the alcohol but it's me as the alcohol user that has oh. to be grieved also I've, oh yeah you guys have a funeral go- to go to. I got yeah, go home from my to go. kids. Am I going to go bed. to this thing? Yeah, yeah go you got to go. It's going to be, be fun. In Fifteen minutes. Pop in. Go up. Be like, uh, as an addiction specialist. No, I'm not going to no, stand up. <laughs> we got to wait for the autopsy report. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, Drew, just come up and open see his baby. Go, guys. This is the toxicology report. <laughs> <laughs> And Are people going to be, be doing like, stand-up? I mean, it's going to be funny. Or uh, it be will be after after the first three people go up. It'll it'll the, those three people I think will leave, oh. and then it'll be uh, funnier people will be taking charge. Oh. We'll Is see. that how it works? Uh, hopefully. I, I can't his get wife it. and kids are going to talk. Right? I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, no. that's, you know. is, is that, but yeah. I mean, no, family's going to talk. And yeah, how do you know they're going to leave? They want to hear kids, people. No, just... his kids are have to leave. They're eleven and oh, Jesus. nine. Oh my god! And then and then uh, I'm sure Lana will take them home. But uh, and then I'm sure comics will get up. I'm what not do gonna... you say to an eleven and nine year old when their dad just died? Uh, the last words your dad texted me were, uh, "I love you, nigger." <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing he said. Texted me to you. The last text he gave me. I last and I. I. I, I That's the way to go out, Ralphie. Full ER. Not even an. A oh, at the full end. ER. Full <laughs> ER. I love you, nigger. That was his last thing he said to me. Oh I looked gosh. at my thing. I looked at my text. Going. What was the last thing I said to Ralphie? And the last thing I, I was in Australia. I was having a really rough run of it. Uh. And you know, us guys who who lie to ourselves or whatever the fuck the thing is that we all got we all have uh we all have um a, a little group that we connect with and when we're going through rough times we'll text and yeah. just you find each other you, know, sure you know what i'm talking them. about yeah. ralphie was definitely one of those uh-huh. many times ralphie and i sat on a bed looking at each other going uh man i got this shit under control these fucking people need to fucking let go of me like ease off and i was like no shit and we lied to each other a lot. And uh, this is, you're talking about using substances. Yeah, yeah just uh, substances, lifestyle, lifestyle in general, uh, and <laughs> uh, life choices, life choices, and just not being healthy. Yeah. And uh, I was in Australia, and I was I was flying and working every night. So I was drinking every morning and drinking every night. Sober in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Drink, take a drink. nap. Yeah, take a, a nap, nap. Eat food and take a nap. Not even eating. I wasn't eating, and so uh, and I wasn't sleeping that well except. After the plane flight, that was the only time I was sleeping. And uh, Ralph texted me and said, uh, just some joke about another comedian about how bad this other comedian was. And uh, we started going back and forth, shitting on this comedian. And uh, and then I texted him, I love you. And he texted me, I love you, nigger. 
<laughs> and I just and I and but I, it was funny that that was his last words to me was the n word. It's weird that I choose to. I'll say it in his voice what he wrote, but I won't say it. You want to cry? Want to cry? No, 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 no. I don't cry anymore. There's an album. Uh, oh yeah, I do want to cry. There's an album yes, yes, that'll yes. make you cry about about friends dying that Lou Reed made called Magic and Loss. You ever heard of it? No, I'm telling you. His, no. Lou Reed's three best friends died in the same year. Hmm. And he wrote an he wrote an album about it. And in this one scene, it's before cell phones. He he keeps going to the payphone across from Doc Palmas, his best friend's apartment, and calls the apartment and hears it ringing, Oof. and then waits for the answer machine to pick up oh. with Doc's name voice on voice, it, saying, yeah. "Leave a message at the tone." Mm-hmm. And because he, he, when he's walking his dog, he stops and does it. Is so the, the album's Magic and Loss. Yeah, it's called Magic and Loss, the I greatest album it. about death and loss ever. I just bought it. You just bought it. I just bought it. I'll, drink, I'll be drinking to that in New Orleans on November first. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to Ralphie's funeral. Uh, Bob, Lou, uh, Drew, thank Lou, thank Bob, you. Drew, thank you guys so much. Thank I you, man. I always it. love hanging out with you. This has been a fucking yeah. blast. Let's we got to do this again. Right. We got we'll to do this. We'll do this after I start drinking again. Yeah, so we, we, we could. When be you start drinking again, start taking the words back. Start taking what words back? The words they've taken away from us. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once he doesn't care anymore, let's set him up as the guy to get in <laughs> yeah, trouble. I'll use you. Start taking the words You'll back. be my puppet. Hey, Bert, here's a word I've been wanting to say. <laughs> Don't they drive you crazy? <laughs> there you go. Oh, shit. All right. Oh, All right. Perfect, perfect. Your fake gun just took off. I love you guys. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by The Machine.